Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 57 of FPL Black Box, the second Black Box uh, of Game Week 21. A lot of happy Bowen owners in the chat, Mark. Game Week 22, you're wishing it away. 2022, we're about to be. Yes, delighted. You've got to be happy, haven't you, with the, with the captain seat? We were, were we 50 50 on Antonio Bowen? No, I guess we weren't. No, I never really thought about taking it, taking it off him, but I did think they were kind of similarly. Yeah, match, you know, I yeah. wasn't expecting one to get what forty-two points and one to get nine. That's a uh, a big discrepancy. He's broken a uh, live FPL tonight as well. No one can get on. Ragabolly's um, yeah. propellers going round and round really quickly trying to get the site back up online. Everyone wants to see their rank. Obviously, I think if you went the Antonio Colo, it's easily forgiven. I mean, after the first game at Palace, I watched that and I thought, oh, is Antonio back to his best? And I thought, mm, have I made the wrong call? It was tight. I just always favoured Bowen because he's the mid, right? And it's the extra point for the clean sheet. And the yeah, and we, we've there. seen Antonio drifting a bit wide and off form and, you know, FPL-wise. So, yeah, I, th- I think it was it was the kind of obvious call, but I don't... I, I, like I said, I think if, if you went for Antonio, you got punished just like you would have done if you went for Havertz over, over Saddle all those weeks ago. There's, there's just been certain decisions this season, haven't there, which I think have really harshly punished people who've tried to be a bit different. Um, but, yeah, fair play. Anyone that captain Bowen? Great return. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that's just one of the highlights on tonight, of course. But um, we've got plenty to discuss, as usual. We obviously did a uh, free hit episode last week where we looked in detail at stats and data and so on. And not too much has changed. We've had the Son injury, of course, um, but nothing too much other than that. Um, but we're going to look at... We'll dig into the data now and again, but this is going to be a shorter episode than normal, I think. I always say that, and it never turns into that. But we're going to touch on... Uh... I think you're forgetting a pretty big, big thing that's happened. This, What's that? This what? Week. Chris Wood has signed for... Yeah, okay. Well, we get, we, <laughs> I, I know you can't wait to talk Chris Wood because you love him so much, but we are going to talk about Chris Wood. We're going to talk about Coutinho. 
Um, we're going to talk about our own teams um, as an example of um, what the options are this week again. We'll look at the long-term stri- strategy again. Um, but of course, um, it's been very, very difficult to plan anything long-term or even mid-term, um, given the situation we're in. And of course, what we should start with, I call it, is the uh, Everton postponement and how that it manages again in the, in this game. I mean, that, we talk about Antonio or Bowen. Maybe, you know, there is luck involved in that, but there definitely is luck involved in missing out on Everton and Leicester players, right? Yeah. I mean, anyone that invested in Everton, even if they had a couple of games, was brave, in in my view. You know, the Cavaloon yeah. coming back from injury, defence of shambles. You know, someone like Gray, I thought, was was a fairly mm. decent pick. and Great you know, pick, I thought. Yeah. It was the fact that you, you go, in theory, go straight into the Norwich game, which which I think was swaying quite a few people as well, because yeah. to have the double in the end of the game, so... Yeah, I do get it. Again, it's just one of those things you you can't control it. I mean, the Calvert Lewin one, I'm missing the penalty as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. God. I know. Um, it's like the Salah thing all over again. I mean, there was even people out there who captain Calvert Lewin, which I think is a bit hopeful that he would come back and make an instant impact. Um, I mean, he's a player we want back in our teams, right? We mm. we want him back in our season, like Bamford. Really, we want that option. Um, so I I guess people got a bit carried away going on the captaincy with him, but I think he was a he was a sound investment. He he could have been the difference maker in the game week, but as it turned out, I mean, the COVID situation, what's difficult there for me is that Leicester obviously turned up for their FA Cup time 1-4-1 mm. and yet couldn't field a team in the Premier League. And I understand it. Um, they're going to, you know, try and use the rule-ins to not put themselves at a disadvantage. And obviously they felt they were. They had players out and they've got a lot mm. of players out, players at the AFCON, of course, as well. But, you know, that's no consolation for FPL managers who owned their players and Everton players, is it? No, I mean, you've got different rules for the Cup and, and for yeah. the league. So Leicester have got to have 13 first-team players available uh, for the Premier League match. They're currently five off that. So they're obviously looking like they're going to be getting a couple of players back. I think you, you mentioned Dakar looks like he, he could be back. And yeah. Dewsbury Hall and, and maybe a couple of others. Sionchu as well, I think. He's close. Yeah. I think it's, it's a really trick on Leicester because obviously they've got what like a decent looking double, you know, with Burnley in there as well, having now lost probably their best player. You want to invest in them, but then the deadline's Friday and they're and they're playing on the Sunday. So it's oh, I don't know. I feel really weird about Leicester. I don't like it. It's dicey. You've got a certain Leicester player in your team. No, I don't think anyone who's regularly watched you or this show um will be surprised to know who that is. We'll talk about <laughs> him later on when we start looking at our team. I haven't got him yet. I haven't got him yet, but I want him. No, but but I, was is, wa- I was watching The Wire earlier as well, and um, they're all lumping on Madison too. I mean, he, he, I mean, I, I'm going for a different player in there. It is a tough call. I think for that, for that double game week midfielder, there's about five or six you know, in the running for it. Mm. Obviously, some was the standout candidate, and he's now knocked out for at least three or four weeks. We think um, game week 24 at least he's going to miss uh, up till then. I think it's going to be longer. Um, so he's gone, and that leaves us with like a pool of five or six players, which we'll touch on later. And it's difficult to decide between them. Um, but Madison seems to be the overwhelming favourite at the moment. I think Leicester in general just have the most options. Like United, it's all about Ronaldo. Spurs, it's Mora, Regulon, Royale, mm. maybe Lloris, but like none of them really stand out. Watford, you've got Dennis King. Chelsea, you've got Mount, maybe Alonso. But I think you could make a case with Leicester for Madison, Tielemans, Barnes, Lookman, or Dakar 
if he's back. If Daka's back, yeah. If he's back. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Burnley match just looks so good for them. Um, but I do, I do like the look of it. They actually play on the, I said they play on the Sunday, they do play on the Saturday. So, I mean, hopefully we'll get some, we'll get some news mm. on, on Friday ahead, yeah. of, ahead of the deadline at, yeah. at eight. We're seven, all craving that. For all manner of reasons. So, yeah, that's the episode. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be a bit rambly, but, you know, there's no harm in that. It's sometimes the best ones, right? It's not like so us. We'll see. Um, I just want to start with the FA Cup because my boys, Forrest, defeated my mm. other team, Arsenal, again, and I was quite proud of that. Um, some FA, there's not much to take from the FA Cup, was there? I mean, United struggled again. Spurs didn't look that convincing. Had to get Kane and Moore off the bench and so on to actually rescue that tie. Um, I think. We already know that there's going to be one fixture for Ben Crellin's. Yeah, there is one fixture assured now for, for game week 30. I think there's going to be maximum of eight postponements for game week 30 now. Mm. So that, yeah, take it, that will take shape round by round. Um, that is obviously game week 30, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup when we will have blanks, right? Um, and yeah, quite a few teams have gone out. So, you know, hopefully yeah. it won't be that a severe blank after when game week 30 we'll have to see. Um, not too much from the FA Cup. I just want to mention Forest because we played well. We <laughs> I think the, the the key one from an FPL perspective is how well Villa played against United. Things they're playing, yeah, you they know, were for, unlucky, first match of the double. I mean, how how they ended up losing that game was, you know, United can count themselves very fortunate to to get through in that. So United are going to have to play better than that at Villa Park if they're going to have the same yeah. score. Yeah, and you know they got Brentford in the second game of the double game week. Let's just remind ourselves what the game week twenty two doubles look like. Brentford, uh, Liverpool away, Man United at home, Brighton, Palace at home, Chelsea at home, Burnley, Leicester at home, Watford at home, Chelsea, City away, Brighton away, Leicester, Burnley away, Spurs at home, Man United, Aston Villa away, Brentford away, Spurs, Arsenal at home, Leicester away, and then Watford with the best combination of Newcastle away and Burnley away. Although Newcastle, we're going to talk about them. The revolution will be televised. It's going on, right? (laughs) Getting knocked out by Cambridge is oh, I know. is unbelievable, isn't it? Um, yeah, we are, we are going to talk about Newcastle. <laughs> Trippier, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll save it for the bit. We'll talk about Trippier and Wood, but yeah. I do think it's a hell of a signing from from Newcastle signing uh, Chris Wood from Burnley. <laughs> well, you know he's got a Honestly, proven I'm... proven championship record, right? So even, I mean, he just weakens Burnley, doesn't it? Like yeah, it one does, of the that's... main one of the main relegation teams losing their best player and you know they're kind of guaranteed 10 goals a, a season striker I don't really know how what's Sean Dyke's going to do he's surely going to go shopping for a striker is he, are they going to get like Bereton Diaz or something I don't know I mean oh, yeah I, I've got no idea well I mean they're, they're going to have to replace oh well is there more let's go and oh, we're, we're relegating ourselves by saying yeah. they're not replacing him aren't they well so, they didn't have a choice because they, they matched yeah, his, um, sure. his release clause yeah. so I don't know. It's a strange one. I mean, would someone like Diaz go from the championship just well, to probably come straight back down? I don't know. That's a tough call, isn't it? He can probably do better, uh, I would have thought. He can probably take his pick to a certain extent of mid-table teams. I guess Burnley are a mid-table team, though. It's local. Blackburn, Burnley, right? So, True. you know, he got far to go. And got far to go for the Chilean, has he? So, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Um, right, let's talk about our game weeks then, because... We want to be a little bit smug because um, I got nearly 100 <laughs> points, but we're looking at your team, first of all. Um, this is freshly updated. The whistle's just gone at, uh, at the Olympic Stadium, of course. So, um, yeah, we haven't got our ranks updated in time, um, but that's where we were before the live FPL went down. Uh, I think your arrow will be green now, though, as because the oh, good. second goal, um, 42 point return for the captain. Um, do you want to talk for your team, though, bit by bit? 
No, not really. I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I? There's, there's some players here that I... I it's a couple I of classics at, at the back. Uh, there Come is. Uh, so De Gea in goal, uh, Trent and Cancelo, you know, off to a good start. Uh, ben Johnson, who I'm amazed that a four million defender who I bought in as bench fodder could have been, could be as bad as he's been for me. So in all the games I've played him, he's ended up with zero or one, uh, which has been very impressive. Uh, I bought in Ethan Pinnock for a four point hit. Uh, I got, I, you know, I got slated for that. And, and justifiably. And everyone was right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he got three. So I could have just played Marston Lee, saved the two point hit, a four point hit and made what, two points on that or something. Uh, no, three points. So yeah, it cost me a bit. Son, six, but now injured. Jota, Bowen, captain, which a lot of people have got. Uh, and then Ronaldo, King and Antonio. Just nothing exciting, really. My team's just a bit, my team's just a bit boring. And then the players I'm looking at to get me points are Ben Johnson and Pinnock. I still messed up your bench. Look, King's not on your bench. That's Foden with zero points. He's the first time. Because <laughs> King swapped in as your auto sub. It does look a little bit better when you swap one of Johnson or Pinnock out for Phil Foden. I'm not, it does, that, but you've now got Livermento, Johnson and Pinnock, which is, that's, that's problems, isn't it? That's, you know, <laughs> looking around the dressing room, you, you've got oh. to look those guys in the eye now every week. Wow. Well, the, the thing is though, I was looking earlier, I don't, there's no defenders that I want. Like, I don't even know who to, I can have any defender I want. The, the one I probably want the most is Robertson, but then I'm going to be, you know, that could cause me problems down the line when I want to get Salah back and I'm going to have to mm. switch things around. Like Chelsea defenders, I could get another City defender, I guess, but then they've got Chelsea in the next and, and no double game week. So I guess it's like, it's, it's Lamptey who, who we've been talking about or, or one of Reguilon or Royale, but I, Brighton have got the blank coming up. I think, um, I think if, Arsenal, if Arsenal didn't have the blanks, Tierney would be a good bet. Yeah, he would. Um, because, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that he offers so much going forward, but they've got the two blanks coming up, right? So it's difficult to, you'd have to get him in and, and have someone to rotate with him. Not sure Pinnock, he's your man there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I got Pontus Janssen <laughs> earlier in the season. So we've all been there, done it. I'm sure all of us have had a Brentford defender oh. at some point. Rico, Henry, I don't know. And, and yeah. not so long ago, Brentford were, we were lord in Brentford, but your dad was right. You know, I watched the Southampton game last night and they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Well, some, something that really surprised me when, when I was doing this video with, with Jani, um, you know, about uh, we did like a full season, like, you know, look through all the teams. Mm. And it was, it was that um, Brentford only got two clean sheets all season. Wow. And it was surprising because we talked about them at the start of the season having such a good defensive numbers. Mm, mm. But, you know, they, they've actually got one of the worst clean sheet records in, in the league. So I don't really know what I was thinking with Pinnock. You, you're just kind of hoping for that. I just wanted that kind of double game week uh, miracle, you know? Uh, he can take your long throws for you. <laughs> Absolutely no use whatsoever. I was playing football last night and I, 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 had, I didn't know what the scores were and I just checked it and it was 3-1 when I checked it. And I was just like, really? And then literally as I was checking it, it just went 4-1. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> Rubbed the salt into the wound. Really did. Yeah. Really did. Yeah. Uh, my score was 93, I believe, because I think Diop got a sneaky bonus point as well, just to rub salt into the wound there. I went Diop over Johnson. Followed, oh. I followed Irons' advice. If you're FBL Irons, said, so I was going to go Dawson and I'll spend a bit more. And he went, oh, no, go Diop because, you know, he's cheaper. And I was like, yeah, but Dawson's got the set piece for it and everything. But it did. Irons was right. I went with him and uh, Diop did me proud. Got the extra bonus point over Dawson. So I was pleased with that. Uh, my team was Gaeta one point, which I've come customary one point from Gaeta. Uh, Trent four, Cancelo two, Reggion six, the lesser spotted Reggion, 
Uh, Diop 8, Son 6, uh, Bowen, the massive plaster over the top, 42 points. Jota with a 5 and out of 2. Antonio had a disappointing 9. And then Broha. Broha with, with, I know. with 8 points, uh, which That'll was very handy well. indeed, yeah. Broha wiping out my pin at clean sheet or, you know, at least contributing to the zero yeah. points yeah see chipping away aren't I chipping away at you I've got, I've got a decent amount back off you this week so I think I think the, the gap is down to under 70 points again now oh no so, you did take um, a minus 8 this week I did that's, that's... I did take a minus 8 absolutely but you know and, and 4 that was for Son which I got back but now Son's obviously uh, a problem to uh, to me and, and everybody else and we're not going to look at the great and the good league but I know that uh, I am still bottom by default because Les Caldwell is bottom but obviously he was hacked, which had nothing to do with me, even though he's now replacing me. Uh, no, no, I don't have a hotline to that. Um, don't start, no, don't start that. those rumours now. We shouldn't be. Poor Les, blimey. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's not really bottom. I'm still bottom. Uh, and But you're knocked off the top, so that cheered me up a bit. Good old FBL general. Good old Mark. He comes in and takes top spot off you, which I was uh, chuffed <laughs> about. So um, yeah, brilliant stuff. We'll look at the great and the good league again next week. Um, we've looked at double game week 22. Let's talk about um, the situation because one of the things we didn't touch on uh, last week when we looked at this um, was where we can play the free hit again. Uh, and we, we did touch on the fact that, oh, let's bring up the chip strategy in fact because I've updated it. Um, we looked at all the game weeks where you can play chips coming up. Um, and, you know, from 23 onwards, there's a lot of things going on. There's either a double game week or blanking a lot of the game weeks to come now, as you can see from this table. Um, and we talked about the Potential double game weeks from 32 onwards, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37. We think the majority of those will be double game weeks. I say we, I mean Ben Krellin. Um, mm. So there's plenty of opportunity to play the free hit. One game week we didn't dwell on too much was game week 27, which is the EFL Cup final. And in game week 27, going back to Ben's chart, we can see that Arsenal and Liverpool um, both have a blank in game week 27 because one of them is going to reach the final. Right, mm. That's given. So their game is off, which means that that fixture is off, which means that if you've got Arsenal and Liverpool players, you've got a plan for that. And why that's significant, going back to the chip strategy, is because in game week 26, we believe there's a good chance that Liverpool will have a double game week, uh, which will be Norwich and Leeds, and therefore God, Salah... what a double well, game week yeah, that is. Salah will be a shoe-in triple captain, right? Which is not much fun, is it, really? I kind of... I would have liked the triple captain to be, you know, it's nice when it's like, shall I play it mm. now? Shall I put it on Andy Carroll? Is it, you know, shall I put it on a wall centre-back? That kind of thing. Well, no, we don't want to go that far. But sometimes <laughs> it is really tricky, isn't it, the triple captain? But if that double game it does drop in, it's a no-brainer, right? Oh, the, yeah, I, I, uh, I, didn't really, I hadn't thought about that. I didn't, I didn't know the double game was, was going to be that good. I, I don't see how you couldn't triple captain Salah in that. I guess you get a bit of a jump on people who maybe reused it. Things like that, but mm, yeah. I mean, his EO is going to be yeah. probably like 230, 240, yeah, something like that. I imagine that with all the chips being used, it'll be it'll set a new record, won't it? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's a it's a crazy situation. Um, yeah, Leeds at home, Norwich at home, you know, and bearing in mind what Salah has done to Leeds before, um, what everyone has done to Norwich before, <laughs> so yeah. um, you've got to think that you, you've got a plan to get Salah back. Um, uh, ahead of 26 because if that double game it drops you've got to have him and you've got to put the triple cats in on him I would have said I say got to I mean we don't like to preach and say this is what you must do but <laughs> of all the kind of you know learnings we've had in previous seasons if if the top 
top asset in the game has got a double game week, you go with it. If he's got a double game week with great fixtures, both at home, yeah. Um, but the key is, in 27, if we go into 27 with three Liverpool players and maybe one or two Arsenal players, and I've got Martinelli and Ramsdale, and I intend to have them for 20 up to 27, okay. I've got a problem. I'm going to have five players not playing mm. in 27. So one of the reasons why it is perhaps good to reserve the free hit chip, not only for game week 30 when the, um, the FA Cup quarterfinals will reduce the fixture list down, probably halve it, if not more, you need it for 27 as well, maybe, if you plan to have Arsenal and Liverpool players. And let's face it, a lot of us will, right? So what's your thinking about that? Yeah, I completely agree. And, and like we talked about last last week, I, I just, I don't think this double game week is as good, is, is that good. I think there's there's uncertainty around Leicester. You've got uh, tricky games for a lot of clubs. And, you know, we've talked about the assets and which ones we, you know, I think if you've got six and you've got a Ronaldo or a Kane for your captain, I think you're fine. You're sorted. I don't mm. think you need to. I don't think you need to be free hitting for a lot of sort of lesser good players. I mean, Mora is is someone that I see a lot of people talking about at the moment. I, I'm absolutely not convinced on Spurs <laughs> or or Mora no. in, in no, general. I, I mean, mm. like you're free, if you're going to be free hitting for players like Trossard and Mora and stuff, like you just need everything to align, and it could do right. I'm not saying it. It's completely ridiculous, but I, I just think that we can save these for. There's going to be. Other, other, there's going to be better times down the line. Mm. Well, let, let's bring up, we're a bit all over the place, we're moving about quite a bit, but I think while we're here, let's bring up the watch list that I put together last week. I've updated it slightly, taken Son out on the midfield, of course, uh, yeah. rejigged the order according to some of the things that you said. I didn't take notice of everything you said because for obvious reasons, um, <laughs> Pinnock being one of them. Um, but yeah, so this is the order I've got it in now. I promoted Lloris on your on your well, side. Royale's so. up to top. Royale's yeah. at the top because yeah. Reguilon didn't turn up again mm. tonight. He hasn't been in a squad now for three matches. Um, there hasn't been any noise from Spurs on it either. I, I listened to um, Planet FBL this week and James always my go-to knowledge on Spurs. I always try and test the temperature according to what James is saying about what's going on in Spurs, if I want to get a Spurs player or thinking of getting one. And he was like, well, you know, everything will be fine. Either just resting him and he'll play both games. Um, but I expect him to be at least be on the bench. So mm. I don't know whether Conte is going to say anything tonight. Hopefully he will. I want to keep him. But at the moment, with that doubt, I think if you were free hitting, you wouldn't go with him, would you? I wouldn't go with him anyway. I said last week, didn't I, that I'd pick, I'd pick Roy out at the moment over, over Regulon. I think Regulon is is struggling a, a little bit with the demands of the system Tuchel's doing anyway. And I wonder if maybe he's been taken out to kind of work a bit more on fitness and on style. Because right. there's no there's no doubt he's of his quality. Mm. He's, he's an absolutely fantastic player. And I think he's he's going to thrive in that wing-back role. But mm. the fact he's been subbed quite a bit and, and missed some games and, you know, hasn't, hasn't been that kind of key figure that we thought he would be at, at left wing-back. It is very interesting that he's missed. Mm. I, I completely agree. I was definitely expecting him to be so I say too short, I meant Conte, <laughs> by the way, as the chat points out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, we, need, we need some information. We do. But I, I, liked, I liked the fact that Royale got two bonus. That was the main thing for me. Just well, lumping I, in those I, the crosses. 78 crosses he put yep. in. Love yeah. that. I know. I mean, it's fair enough. I mean, I, I think Reguilon's a far better player and I really hope he does, you know, appear. Because I've, it puts me in a difficult spot because it's, I, I mean, I don't want to get rid of him. Because no. he could turn up. And even if he turns up for one game, that might be enough because he's got, you know, some attacking intent. Um, 
So I don't know what to do with that. And if I knew he was out, it might be enough to tip me over the edge of the free hit, as we'll see later on when we look at our teams. Let's just go through this watch list for the podcast listeners, though. Uh, I'll do keepers and defenders, and you can talk through midfielders and forwards. Uh, keepers, De Gea is probably hands down the first choice, right, if you're free hitting. Then you've got Luis Sanchez. Pope I've promoted because he's back, he's fit. He played at the weekend. They've got good fixtures, but terrible record at the moment. But I think he is still ahead of Smichael Batman. Riza Balaga and Fernandez, the forlorn Fernandez who's playing in front of um, Ethan Pinnock. Um, defenders are Royale, Lamptey, Alonso, Maguire, or Slabad, as he's referred to in the chat already. People are exasperated that Maguire is fourth in this yeah. list. But I don't, if you're going to go a Man United defender, who do you go? It's either Varane or Maguire, right? You can't go a fullback at the moment. But then if you've got De Hay, you're probably not going to go a Man United defender. Um, so Royal Lamptey, Alonso, Maguire, me, difficult with the Burnley defender. You could go, you could go the fullback Louton, you could go Tokuski, but I've gone me because I think he's probably got the greater goal threat this season. Uh, someone called Pinnock and then Thomas and Cathcart. That's the defenders. It oh, is slim pickings, God. as we said last week, isn't it? It is awful. <laughs> I mean, when 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 Maguire's fourth, I know on the, on the list. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, yeah, it's really bad. I mean, you could maybe add Rudiger in there. Yeah, well. well, you're not going to have two but, Chelsea defenders, are you, though? So, no. would you no. go Alonso over Rudiger? I think you would. I think Alonso, Alonso rested tonight. The trouble is with Alonso, I never know whether whether Conte, uh, Conte, I'm doing it now. Whether Tuchel, I've <laughs> gone the other way. I never know whether Tuchel thinks Alonso's rubbish and he's just trying to find any solution not to play yeah. Alonso because I've heard tonight they're trying to get Kennedy back. They've got him back, I think. I think that's, that's they, I mean, they tried they tried to get um Emerson back. Right. But he's, yeah. he's got a big clause in it so they couldn't do it. They were rumors they were trying to get Bertrand back. Who <laughs> I mean, is Bertrand. What's Graham Lasso doing these days? Can he come <laughs> <Yeah>. back? <laughs> Bloody hell. That's but, I, I mean, that's what I mean. It looks like they're going, Christ, we've got to get someone back, otherwise we're stuck <laughs> with Alonso. Now I presume it's because he's got to play every game and they've got European matches. Well, I'm, I am starting to get worried now. The, the desperation they're showing to get a, a, another left back in the club again is worrying me a little bit that maybe Alonso isn't in favour, but no, I think I think he's... Can't, can't they play Aspilicuilla there? He was a decent competent, I guess, at wing back, but he, he played there a few a bit at the start of the season. You'd didn't think they? that would be cover enough. They played Saar there tonight, didn't they? I don't know how mm. he got on. Um, but yeah, I think Alonso's the one you go. It's worth a... It's worth a Nice role, and it? it's funny actually I, because a few weeks back I did a video with Andy for Scout, and we were talking about as soon as the injury to James happened, uh, he was uh, he said to me, "Would you go Alonso or do you go Diaz of City?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, Diaz of City, so boring." <laughs> um, Diaz of City's probably outscored Alonso by about thirty points since then. Um, but <laughs> I, I definitely, definitely, definitely wouldn't buy Alonso. Like free hit, fine. But spending, you know, money or or using a transfer on him. I mean, you've got the, the, the two 22 games, which, you know, you might get mm. both of those if you're lucky. And then Spurs at home, which is, you know, a fairly tricky game. And then it's two blanks. Yeah, yeah. So he so from the 23rd of January, he doesn't play again until the 19th of February. I can guarantee that they will have signed a left back in between that time, if not tomorrow, <laughs> to avoid playing. Well, yeah, but... yeah, they're doing everything they can, right? <laughs> but it's, I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. You know, a double game with Man City and then Spurs and then two blanks. That is awful. Yeah. So you, you can't buy him. The only thing you can do is, is free him in. I think no, free him in. I mean, he's a player that I probably will end up getting rid of 
after 22 or 23 or something. He might be part of the way to fund Salah, although with Son injured, I don't have to think about funding that, I don't think. I mm. think we're going to have some money to spend. Uh, do you want to go for the midfielders? Um, yep. So my mate Madison is at top of the list, which you love to see. Uh, and then it's Fernandez, who mm. I haven't once considered, but is an inter- in- intriguing one, I think. Just because he is flying so under the radar. I haven't seen him in any Late Riser's putting him in. Is Late he? Late Riser's bringing him in on the, on the transfer as well, not even free hit. Mm. But along with Ronaldo and Kane? He's doing son to Fernandez. Um, no, he's not free hitting. He's, he's not free hitting. No, he's no. Fernandez in on, on a free hit. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, I don't know about that. I guess you've got money, you know, you've got mm. money, haven't you? But uh, yeah, uh, I'm not so sure about that, but fair enough. Uh, then Lucas Moura and then Tielemans and then Mount and then it just gets desperate, doesn't it? <laughs> I, think, I think you're being unfair to Trossard there. Really? I think I think Trossard, Mount, Tielemans, Moura are in that, like they're the four or five that uh. who do I go for? And really, you know that one of them's going to go gangbusters and the others are going to flop, right? And it's whoever you can pick the right one. Really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's Trossard, and then what, Georgina? I mean, Tross- Trossard's had five games this season yeah. in which he's got an attacking return out of twenty-one. Yeah, <laughs> that's not great. No. <laughs> no, but as I said, the Chelsea game, I think he will be played in the false nine, and he's done well in that role previously against good teams. Yeah. I, you know, I think he's all right. I think he's all right in this game week with the choice we've got. I, th- I know he's he's there, isn't he? Right, he's got to be mentioned. Anyway, go on, carry on. And then it's Jorginho. Uh, Mbomo. Mbomo's back. God, McNeil <laughs> and McAllister. Yeah, not Gary, although he could probably do a turn as well. Can't play left back low, Tuchel, in case you're wondering. Um, no, no I can't. Well, I'm not. Stop doing that. You're confusing me. Mourinho. Um, up front then? Uh, and then up front, Kane, Ronaldo, Dennis, King. Uh, we've got Wood in there, but I'm guessing that's from the Burnley Yeah, days. that's going to have to go now, isn't it? Not there anymore. Uh, and then Cavani, Mope, Lukaku, and Tony. I mean, Lukaku being that far down. Lukaku being under Mope. Well, Brighton <laughs> for have got a double benef- game week. Brighton have got better fixtures, and does Lukaku play two games? He probably does. He probably does. He, he, he started tonight, didn't he? And Havertz was on the bench. So, I don't know. You would just expect him, this is one of those ones, you'd expect him to be up with Kane and Ronaldo, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not that, not that, being up with Kane and Ronaldo is what it should be either. You know, we, we've said time and time again this season, none of these strikers are warranting their, their price tag. And that includes Kane, Ronaldo, Lukaku, who's none of them no. really. I mean, even though those names look amazing and we look at it and think, well, there is potential in this, in this double game week. Actually, Kane, Ronaldo and Lukaku of this season aren't really presenting. I don't, I don't trust anyone. Like I, the only player <laughs> I trust is Salah and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's it's a weird. One. I mean, you know, in previous seasons we've had we've had players like Fernandez, De Bruyne, Son's always been around. Kane's always done well. Mm. I mean, Antonio is someone who you could basically rely on. You know, up until what about a third of the way through the season, where he just went completely off it. Like mm. he was just someone you had on your side. Even like someone like Jimenez, you get him in and you just you know you you get a goal and then a blank and then a goal on the back or Ings. There's been so many players that we've had in the last couple of seasons that I would just have in my team and just know they're going to get a steady score. And there's just so few players like that now. Yeah, I, I think we could add that Daka to the forward list now that there's rumblings that he could be fit. I think he could be a consideration because yeah. Leicester will have to play him. I don't see them. If he's fit, he plays both games, right? So he could be a, a real outlier if you're brave enough to go there. But I think 
up front, you're not looking beyond those first four names, are you? Kane, Ronaldo, Dennis King, right? So you're going to have three of those probably. And you're going to have three of those because it's hard to find five midfielders. You're probably going to go maximum three midfielders. I think it's three, four, three, isn't it? The formation on the three. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got, it's, it's got to be Kane, Ronaldo and one of Dennis or King, I think. I, I, or, or maybe you go for the double Watford strikers just because the fixtures are so good. But yeah. I'd, I'd rather have Kane or... I'd, uh, Kane, Ronaldo and, and Dennis to me is... It's is the captaincy, the isn't it? I think I yeah. said last week if I was free-hitting, Kane would probably be my captain. Although he really hasn't deserved it. Okay, that's where I'd go. Um, okay, um, let's talk about... We'll come back to the free-hit when we look at our team. But um, let's talk about um, some of the player movement we've had recently. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Um, which is um, involving this man, Philippe Coutinho, who's back in the Premier League. And today, good timing, mm. was finally announced with his price tag of seven million, which is exactly the price tag I hope they would give him. What's your, what's your view on that? Yeah, I thought seven million would would be about right. I, I thought they'd probably go seven five. <laughs> you mm. know. I, just because that's what they sometimes do when a big name player comes in. I think 7 million is actually a really, really like enticing price for him. I think he could be a real impact in our seasons uh, at 7 million. You know, the, the signings they've made have been really impressive. There's so much creativity in that side. Now, if Dean comes in and hits the ground running with Coutinho, Buendia is looking a bit better now as well. And then you've got Watkins and Ings up top. There's, there should be some real options, you know, between now and the end of the season for Villa. Should be, yeah, should be interesting. I wonder where he's going to play. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to think that he's going to be in the 10, right? I would have thought, rather than out wide. You would have thought so. Because they've got players in wide positions already. They're pretty well equipped there. Uh, likes of Traore and, and uh, El Ghazi. So do, they, do they move Buendia out to the right then and then play Coutinho? Well, they've played open. Bendia wide a few times this season, haven't they? So, I mean, I presume he's going to... But, I mean, that moves Watkins out wide, I guess, with Ings central. I mean, I mean Ings has been disappointing, really, for me. Yeah. I mean, Watkins is the one who's you most want to see up front. Um, yeah, it's difficult. He's, he has got a selection. I mean, there's no selection problem. Casino's got to start. It's where he starts him. Presumably, he's going to hog set pieces as well. He's going to be a, a big factor on that. I mean, Brendia's had a lot of them. Um, and, you know, the others have been shared out, Ogarzi and so on. but you've got to think Coutinho's going to come in and call and pull rank on a lot of the set mm. plays. Um, yeah, I mean, let's, let's look at some data. Let's remind ourselves as um, of the player that we had with Coutinho. Um, and I know you've got some data to talk through here. I just talked for a couple of tables that I put together. I looked at XGI per 90 minutes for the last season he had at Liverpool. Uh, and you see the table here for that season. It was 2017-18 when he mm. had his final season at Liverpool. Um, Salah, memories. Salah memories was top season. on 0.92 XGI per 90, which is extraordinary. Um, then it goes down to Guero, Jesus, Aubameyang, Kane, Giroud, Sterling, Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez, remember him? Lacazette, uh, Nias of Everton, 0.69. And then Coutinho, 0.65. So 
pretty high up for a midfielder there. A lot of them above him are strikers, big, big name players. So there's no doubt in that season, he was right up there um, for midfielders. Only really Sterling. Yeah, Sterling, the only midfielder above him that season um, for XGI per 90. That bodes well, right? And if you look at this season, what's interesting, he would have been just behind, um, well, just ahead of Mount and on the same XGI per 90 as, as Sadio Mane, if he can mm. perform to that level. So right up there, the only players above him, if he if he came in at that level, would be Sterling again, Ronaldo, Mares, Jota and Salah again. I mean, you, you only got to look at this. Two things, by looking at these numbers, two things are clear. Jota, Salah, we're lucky to have him. Look at those numbers. Yeah. And again, look at the forwards in that second table. When you look at XGI per 90, the only forward who has got 0.61 or above is Ronaldo. There's no yeah. other forwards in there. It's all midfielders, which is what we touched on last week when we looked at the big chances per 90. It, it again demonstrates, when you look at 2017-18, it's all forwards apart from Sterling and Coutinho. This season, it's all midfielders apart from Ronaldo. So again, look how it's shifted in those three or four seasons. I oh, know. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I, I, it, I don't know if it, if it makes Coutinho look like a better option or whether it just shows the lack of options that, that we've got at the moment. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe a bit of both. Mm. But I mean, if he can come in at seven million and and you know even slightly replicate that that form, I mean the, the stats that I've got, um, you know, because I I looked at um, F F Bref, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, F Bref. Yeah, F Bref. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I kind of looked at. What, what, I started off just looking at the minutes because I think minutes are key with with Coutinho. Like how mm. much has he actually played over the last few seasons? Mm. So when he was at you know Liverpool, he he played uh, you know 20, 20 appearances and then went to Barca sort of halfway through the season, played another twenty two. So had pretty much a full season. Um, you know, good stats, good XGI per ninety, um, and I looked at the goals and assists per ninety as well. And that's when he was at his absolute best. But he massively outperformed his expected goal involvement. You know, he nearly doubled it at, at Liverpool. Um, and then, and well, the same at, at Barcelona as well. So that, that 17, 18 season, he was playing like a next level. Like he was, he was just, everything was turning to gold for him. And it was the next season. I mean, it just dropped off so much because he went from doubling his expected goal involvement to not beating it at all. Like 0.31 to 0.47. But played 3,345 minutes. So played pretty much every game for Barcelona in the, in the season that he, you know, the next season after he signed. So his first full season at Barca, 54 appearances for Barcelona wow. that season and only managed 11 goals, um, five assists and had his worst season there with a goal assist per nine of 0.31. Well, then went to Bayern and, and sort of rediscovered it, mm. rediscovered his form, XGI of 0.57, goal assist per nine of 0.89. So again, was massively overperforming his He's expecting goal involvement. Had you know played majority of games, thirty-eight appearances, two thousand minutes. Then goes back to Barcelona again and plays kind of fourteen, so about what a third of the games, something like that. Seven hundred ninety-two minutes has a poor season. XGI per ninety of zero point five five, which is like weirdly on par with his season at Liverpool, um, and better than his season at Barcelona, but just couldn't translate it into actual goals and assists. So he was actually getting involved just as mm. much as he was, but l- literally like he'd lost his confidence. I think right? that bodes well, though. I think yeah, what you're does. showing me here, I mean, he, he has dipped a little bit. Right? And, th- and this is all competitions, right, compared to my data, which is just Premier League, right? So 
there's more games at, at play behind this data. But I think it shows that he has, at times whilst at Barcelona and Bayern, achieved similar levels to what we saw in that final season yeah. at Liverpool. Was it, what I found interesting with this was that his, his expected goal involvement has actually stayed pretty consistent across all of these different clubs and different spells. You know, when he's at the absolute peak of his form, his expected goal involvement is, is, is around 0.5, 0.56, something like that. Mm, mm. And it, it drops down to 0.47 at Barcelona, but that's not a huge drop-off per 90. Mm. And then it goes up and then, you know, it, it's still, these are still quite good numbers for him. But he needs to be getting. He needs to be converting the chances more. And does that come with just someone who's in settled, more settled in a system, and has someone who's got his arm around him, like he had at Bayern? Well, that's it, isn't it? Gerard knows him, knows him inside out, played alongside him, knows that surely he knows what he can get from him and how he fits into that to that Villa team. It's the first Gerard signing, right? And that's significant as well because Gerard obviously adopted the team in Smith. Mm. Would he have signed Buendia? Would he have signed Ings? Would he have signed Bailey? Probably not. He, he, you know, he, he's already appearing to be looking a bracket above that even, right? So it's great news for Villa fans because they're suddenly looking at, at the likes of Dina and, and Casino, which it's fair to say are another level up, I think. You know, they're proven, not world-class players, but they're, you know, both the bracket below. Um, you know, he obviously, you'd think and hope he'd get the best out of Coutinho again. And obviously he's not playing in a Liverpool team. That Liverpool team was extraordinary. It had mm. Salah and Mane, Gerrard at time in previous seasons as well. Um, so Villa can't compete with that Liverpool team of 17-18 perhaps, but they're still a decent team. Like they're still a team that if, if they get the likes of Dino and Gerrard can make more signs, they're going to push the top six, if not this season, certainly next. Coutinho could be if he signs permanently. I think they've got, is it a 33 30 million? million. That, seems, yeah. that seems good. Isn't it? I mean, thirty I million. Know. If he can turn what he did previously, is a good price. I think of Casino. I mean, I I look, I look at these numbers, and I don't think Coutinho is. I don't think Gerard's working with like a broken player, no. like a broken Coutinho. I think he's working. It looks to me like he's working with a player who needs his confidence, of course, restored, yeah. but is but hasn't lost his magic touch in terms of mm. XGI. Like those numbers are still good. If he turns these numbers in for a seven million mid. And you've got the fixtures on the screen as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're good fixtures. I mean, you know, United and Everton, but then Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, literally the three teams you basically want in a row. I think by then we could see, we could have a real differential on our hands. What's, what's the significance of one? We haven't mentioned this. In game week 23, it looks now like Villa will get a double game week. Right? 23 mm. will be a double game week for Villa and they'll either play, I think it's Burnley or Leeds, right? And it looks like the Burnley fixture is going to be most likely... There could actually be more fixture dropping like that um, because UEFA or FIFA have given the Premier League permission to schedule matches during the international break. So there could be more. I think some of the Amazon postponements could drop in as well. So that's something we've got to be wary of. I think there's two or three games that could drop in. I mean, Ben Crellin saying that Burnley could even have a, a triple game, right? And James on mm. Planet FL saying it could be Villa with a triple game. So there's. Lots to come in terms of multiple fixtures, and Villa are going to benefit from that probably in game week 23. It's too early to go in for him now, though, isn't it? You think he needs yeah, some games, I think doesn't so. he? Yeah, you, you, you want to see him kind of settle. I mean, Ramon Nathan in the chat says, Hope he's not, not another James Rodriguez, which is true, but I think Coutinho is he's a bit more versatile, I think, and he hasn't had, I mean, the level of injuries that James Rodriguez had. 
To my knowledge, Coutinho hasn't had like a series of bad injuries, has he? He's just been... He's had some injuries. Not selected. He's I had think, some, but has it... I think the difference between um, you know, the Rodriguez situation and, and Coutinho, Coutinho's done it in the Premier League already. Right? He's coming back mm. to a a league he knows well. And okay, the league might have moved on in the last two or three seasons in terms of physicality and pace. The, the pressing game is far more prominent. He'll have, probably have to play part of that. But Gerard again, knows him inside out. He knows what he can and can't do. Um, I, I don't think that Coutinho will be coming back to the Premier League with any kind of feelings of trepidation. Whereas I think, you know, Rodriguez, he would have been, he, it was an unknown quantity for him, how his talents were going to translate. And he started well, but the physicality of it in the end, mm. fitness issues overcame him, didn't they? Really? As, as we thought, could be a factor. Um, I've, I mean, seven million is a great price. I mean, it, it's pitched about right. You got Mount uh, in my table, yeah. XGI per ninety of zero point six one. Casino just above that. Mount seven five, but he's in a Chelsea team. He's established starter. You know, he's already settled in. Paying seven million for Casino seemed absolutely perfect. It's a sweet spot price, I think. And you're absolutely right. From twenty four onwards, the fixtures are good. Then they turn a bit twenty nine when they play West Ham, Arsenal, Wolves, Spurs, Liverpool. That one. Is tough for Villa. They end the season though, 35, 36, 37. They'll have double game weeks there, probably, if they haven't used them all up. Norwich, Burnley, Palace are their existing fixtures. That could be a time where Coutinho by then would have settled in. He could be a factor right at the end of our seasons, right? Absolutely. Do you know how much they paid for Coutinho? Um, His Barcelona. Wages. Oh, Barcelona. 90 odd yeah. million? Uh, no, way more. Oh, was it in here? Go on. They paid 121 million right. for Coutinho. I thought it was under 100, right? Yeah. Uh, well, according to transfer market, 121, which, I mean, his 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 current market value is now apparently 16 million, according according to that. They, they they could get him for 30, but I mean, getting 120 million. I mean, 120 million was an outrageous price to to charge for mm. him at the time. Um, but at the same time. He was a hell of a player. I love. I had him in my side that season alongside Salah, and you know we talk about consistency. Like mm. every week, I'd get something from both of them. It was it was amazing, and you know it was the only way I could really benefit from Liverpool at the time because Coutinho flew under the radar that season for all right up until January when they sold him. I had him, and you know I had, I had a good season that year. I had my best season that year mm. actually, and he was, yeah, he was right. a big part of that. Okay, yeah, mm. okay. Uh, what do you think about Luca Dean if he goes back to Villa? Yeah, I think, again, I think that's a really interesting one. I think Luca Dean is one of the league's best left-backs on his yeah. day. You know, you don't, you, we talked about it last week, you don't stay in the France squad for that time um, and, and not be a quality player. I think he's a huge upgrade on Matt Target as well. A bit harsh on who, Matt Target, that, I think. I think he's been really think, solid and he's actually stepped up to the Premier League surprisingly well. He hasn't done anything wrong, but Dino is a cut above, isn't he? I think he is, yeah. I mean, Target doesn't, doesn't, hasn't done anything wrong in the sense that he's like fairly dependable, but at the same time, he's not, I mean, he, he, he you know, the first, what was it the first game of the <laughs> yes, season when he just got absolutely just, ruined by Sar? Yeah. 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 Had him on toast, didn't he? Yeah. I, I think he's, I mean, Dean isn't the, like the best defensively, but he does offer so much going forward. Mm. It's just, it's just another great, I just think it's another great signing. It, it's all just, a, all these signings are just about attitude. Because if, if they can get, um, Dean and, and Coutinho on board and confident and, and things. They've got two world-class players there. Mm. And Cash right side, Dean left side, great, right? I know. Yeah, I mean, really it could good. be really good for FBL managers. It's, 
this is what we need. We need teams like Villa to be signing this type of player to increase our options. And having Dina back, having Coutinho back, which we didn't expect, will be great for us. And of course, having Chris Wood as a viable option would be amazing, right? <laughs> Let's look at the uh, the Newcastle situation because it's not only Villa making moves early, right? It's Newcastle for very different reasons. They're more desperate than Tuchel for a left-back, aren't they? The Newcastle, mm. they are desperate to sign players to try and get themselves out of the situation they're in. Um, and I think the fact that... It's, has Chris Wood been confirmed today? I think it's all but, all but done. Release clause met of 25 million, which when Burnley... <laughs> put that release clause in. I think they probably helped, probably felt that was never going to get met. <laughs> 25 million, Chris. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll agree yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. We'll if Barcelona come calling, Chris, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll let you go, yeah. Yeah, if one of the uh, European elite powers come knocking, which is what Newcastle will be in a few years, yeah. I don't think Chris will, will be part of Newcastle when they are an elite power somehow, but, you know, we're being harsh on him, aren't we? Um, do you want to talk through some of the data you've got on show here? <laughs> Well, first, I genuinely think it's a really, really yeah. smart signing from Newcastle. You know, it was funny because I was listening to the radio the other day and they had some Newcastle fans on. They were talking about, you know, potential signings and a couple mentioned like Tarkovsky and, you know, players like Ward-Prowse and Basuma. And one girl was on there and she was and she completely serious without any hint of irony said, I just think we should get all out for Mbappe. <laughs> I was just like, come on. And now, she, now she, I wonder how she feels now they're getting a, a, a Chris Wood. Well, I, I think when the takeover was announced, that's the dream, right? And, and that will become a reality, I imagine, in three or four yeah. seasons' time. But at the moment, you've got to set your sights lower. And whoa, how low can you go? <laughs> no, <laughs> come on, we can't do this. <laughs> it's you, not me. So, I know, so, sorry. <laughs> so I, I just I, I was on F-Breath again, which, which is an amazing resource. I, I, you know, I love looking at all these things and looking at the minutes. I mean, the, his minutes are so consistent, uh, you know, with all the with all the um, injury problems that that Newcastle have got as well with their strikers, you know, to sign a player who's played pretty much every game up front for Burnley for the last like three seasons is <laughs> you can't really put a price. Well, on he that. doesn't get injured, right? And he, when you've got no. Callum Wilson and Sam Maximum, exactly, you need a player who's going to turn up, right? So exactly, that's one yeah. thing in his favour, sure. And what what else I know was interesting about Chris Wood is is he 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 posts pretty good numbers so his xGI per ninety is 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 fairly decent so um, you know zero point five one in seventeen eighteen uh, it dropped to zero point three seven in eighteen nineteen rose up again to zero point four eight in nineteen twenty and then up to zero point four six in t- in twenty twenty one and he overperforms that mm. so he's he, he's a he's a striker who you can rely on because he he gets involved his his numbers are decent I mean you compare this to like a lot of other sort of relegation-ish teams and they don't have a striker posting these kinds of XGI. Yeah. Or if they do, like Mope, his performance doesn't match up to the XGI that he does, like he underperforms. So he's a he's a reliable player. But what is interesting is this season, his XGI is 0.31 and his goals assist per 90 is 0.2. So it's the first season he's had where he's underperforming on, on his XGI. Well, he's, is he prob- just- he's probably thinking, when is that release clause going to kick in and I can get out of this place, <laughs> this happy place that is Turf Moor? Um, yeah, I don't know how, why you explain that, really. I think Burnley generally have been in decline, right? Mm. Yeah, but it's, I mean, his, his, his XGI is, is the worst that it's been. So, mm. you, you know, but then he, he just hasn't been putting the chances away. And no. you know, th- Three goals, I think, for someone who's, you know, I mean, he got 14 goals in 1920, which is, really is, an, amazing, is an amazing yeah. return for a striker. And, and look at him towards the end of last season. I mean, he finished the season so strongly. 
and then this season he just he just has, has been poor. He so just has, he just has like, been poor. He's never failed to get ten more less than ten goals no. in the last four seasons. And, That's and exactly he, what and, you want. And Newcastle, I mean, it is every way you look at this, it's a sensible signing, isn't it? We Absolutely. can get we can get him. There's no wrangles. The release clause money's not an issue because we've got money coming out of our ears. He never gets injured. He'll always turn up, and he's got more than 10 goals every season for the last four seasons so if you can get us five or six goals between now and the end of the season that's it we we could be okay um, FBL asset no still not I mean we don't like Newcastle strike we don't even like Callum Wilson when he's fit half the time so <laughs> go on what do you think I, I, I think he, I think he could play a factor in, in our seasons if if we kind of get desperate enough to go there I think he's, he's, you know, he's going to be the focal point of the attack. He's got Trippier, which is going to add in a bit more creativity. We'll talk about got, him in a minute. Got, yeah, you know, creative players around him. You know, St. Maximan's going to be back, and and Shelby's there, and almost building a team around around Shelby. And Howe is is an attacking manager, so I don't think he's going to be an awful option. I think he's he should be a better option at Newcastle than he was at Burnley. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So I expect him. I expect him to get between ten and ten and fifteen goals. This what, by the end of the season. Yeah, I'd say I'd say, I'd say he should he, he could get to I'd, I'd say twelve I'd say eleven twelve goals. Newcastle stay up if he does that. I th- yeah, exactly. But that's that's why they signed him. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I just don't know whether <laughs> he'll I don't know whether he'll produce that. I mean, it, they'd expect him to hit the ground running, right? They want him for Saturday. They want him for the Watford game. They need it's a crunch game for them, right? Look at it. Look at their fixtures down here. They're entering a period now where up to twenty eight or even up to thirty, even they've got to win these games, right? The hardest games they've got between 22 and 30 is West Ham away and Chelsea away, right? So they're, they're bonus games. They so don't expect points there, I expect. But Watford, Leeds, Everton, Villa, Brentford, Brighton, Palace, right? Mm. Um, and four of those, five of those are at home. They've got to get wins from three or four of those games, right? That's what they've got to look for. So they needed somebody through the door quickly. He fits the build, didn't he? I mean, we've been, a, I mean, okay, you haven't. I've been a bit <laughs> down on him in the show so far, but... I've got to admit, everything points to this being a really sensible signing for them, um, and I think I, I do agree. I think he will he will make a difference. And, and the, I mean, the absolute key thing is that he's weak in Burnley. Yeah, I don't and, get and that, that. Is yeah. that is an un, unbelievable mm. coup? I think for them. Well, they've got new owners, right? They're they're not financially as badly off as they were. They've got they should give Dyche more options anyway, even without this mm. money coming in. So I would expect him to spend and surely he'll go straight for a striker. And if he's going to spend between 15 and 20 million in the championship, who's he going to, maybe he's not going to go championship. Maybe he'll try and find a, can't get a Rigi low, can he, for 15, 20 million? Could he get a Rigi on loan? Is there's, it, no I mean, ways, there's no way Rigi would go to Burnley. No. I I well, the, the thing is, you could put any, you could leave that name as blank and you could put anyone's name in there and you could say, there's no way X would go to Burnley. I mean, Burnley's not an attractive well, club or proposition for many Chris, players, right? Chris Wood, if he wasn't leaving Burnley, I'd say would go to Burnley. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 but he's the perfect... That's the problem, isn't it? He's that's literally who they need. the perfect Burnley player, yeah. That's just but in Chris the Wood. past, they've had to... I mean, Dyche has had to work with the you know with players like Rodriguez, Vidra, players who are mm. trying to resurrect their careers, right? It's not a traditional you know, location for a player who's looking to... Develop, right? Corne is a very good signing, right? He's turned out to be a brilliant signing for them. Um, can they pull off someone like that again? They need to, right? Otherwise, Burnley are going to be in trouble. 
Um, and they already are in trouble, I think. I mean, this season. In, I mean, in the summer, I'd say they'd, they'd have a chance of, of, mm. of getting someone. But in January, to sign a player who's going to get them, oh. you know, enough goals to stay up. Yeah, in trouble. Um, let's mm. talk about Trippier then, because you've got some numbers on him as well. Another former favourite. I mean, I think that what's interesting about Trippier is that his last season was 17-18, I think, wasn't it? For Spurs. Um, yeah. Um, and since then, if anything, the wing back or the full back role has been taken on further, right? Chippy at the time was an attacking full back, a, a full back who could get us attacking points. He always was when he was at, I mean, he was at Burnley, of course. Right? When he came, when he first emerged in Burnley, he had a reputation for a, a full back who attacked and supplied good crosses. He was at Man City Academy, I believe, and came through there. Mm. Very good pedigree, right? So he was always an attacking full back. But my point is, since he's been away and now coming back, the definition of an attacking fullback has been moved on by Trent to such a degree now. No, I know. The Trippier's coming back and it and it's not as exciting as it would have been three or four seasons ago because we can't expect him to get to the levels of of Trent or even a Reese James, I don't think, right? No, I mean it was eighteen nineteen when Trippier was, was right, at Spurs 18. um and, and had his best season. Uh, he was priced at six million at the start. Wow. And managed 118 points. Yeah. Which is pretty bang average, right? For, for someone like, well, I'd say it's even worse than bang average for a six million defender. It's kind of what you expect from a, a five million or or maybe a five five. Um, you know, one goal, five assists, and, and ten clean sheets. So it was kind of the, I think it's the clean sheets really that that let him down, which you're not gonna get at Newcastle. So immediately if we're thinking about Trippier, it's gotta be down to attacking returns. So the Trippier of last season, um, had an XGI of 0.14, which puts him slightly ahead of someone like Tierney around his price bracket, who's got 0.13 this season. Uh, Cash, 0.12. Uh, Lamptey with 0.17. Regulon, though, is is one of the league's highest with 0.3. So he's got double the expected goal involvement the, of, of Trippier in his best season playing for Atletico Madrid, one of the best teams in the world, winning the league, La Liga. So... Trippy was a key part of that side, but mm. his XGI was low. <laughs> Essentially, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't creating numerously good chances, and he's nowhere near what Trent. I mean, Trent's something like 0.7 or something um, for what he does. So he's nowhere near that. Trippier this season, he's made 15 appearances this season. His XGI per 90 is 0. 0.03. So he's he's not he's not creating anything yeah. at the moment, and. You know he's 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 been in and out of the team, but still had 15 appearances, still had time to get forward and and try and make things happen, and hasn't done anything. So again, they're not. <laughs> I wanted to be really excited about Trippier. I wanted to think maybe he could be someone who'd be considered. I think if he was four five, he might be someone that we looked at for five million. I mean, you've got you've got Tierney and Cash who, who play for much much better sides, mm. have similar stats. I just can't see any reason why you would go for would go for Trippier. I want to bring uh, some data up actually because I was thinking, um, yeah, Matt Ritchie in this table. I defend this is defenders sorted by XGI non penalty this season. Matt Ritchie is tenth in this table at four point nine, a former winger turning in great numbers, and yet we've never mentioned him. We've never even no. considered. So, you know, this is Trippier going in, who's never been a midfielder, never been a winger who will struggle to probably match Richie there on 
397.9 minutes per XG iron on penalty. I don't think Trippier will get to that level. And yet we've never mentioned Richie. So why would we mention Trippier when he's more expensive? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he might put a decent ball onto the head of Chris Wood once in a while, but are you really going to go there? Probably not. And the set plays, I guess, but Richie takes those as well, doesn't he? Mm. So unless he's going to get direct free kicks, which he could, I guess. Is he going to get a look in on those? Maybe. He's very adept at those, but it's not enough, is it? I, I, I don't think they're going to use to, I don't think they're going to use Trippier um, in the same way that he's maybe played at Atletico with this right. kind of almost, not free role, but he, he, he plays very, very advanced, very attacking. I think he, his experience is going to have to be used to get that back line a little bit more organised. I, I just can't see yeah. Trippier just spending half the game like the other end of the pitch. He's He's got to be deep and defend well. Well, they're trying to get. Can do. They're trying to get a new back four in, aren't they? They're trying to get Botman in as the, the as a fulcrum of that new defence, right? And if we've said before, can they rebuild a defence quick enough to make a difference and save themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Right, Botman will be a very very positive step in the right direction. Trippier well, already they need, is. But... They need two new centre backs and a new left back, and probably a half decent <laughs> central midfielder to have any chance of having <laughs> and a different manager. If they do all that, then oh, I'm you're harsh to that. hell there. Not defensively, I'm not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, okay, let's talk about something completely different. Um, I used to say there was an article um, which David Mundy tweeted actually because it was in his old paper that he used to work for the Plymouth. Mm. Oh, um, and we talked earlier about how the Everton Leicester postponement would have hit people hard, and it did. Right, the reaction on Twitter was. Pretty negative, and in fact, for the last few weeks, maybe longer as well, there has been a palpable feeling of people not switching off from FBL, but definitely mm. taking steps back. And I've got to say, I think this season, when Billy went above me, and when Natalie started beating me, you know, Billy, who's nine years old, Natalie, who's just started playing, and you know, hasn't got any FBL knowledge before this season, when they go above you, I was starting to think I need to take a few steps back and not take this too seriously because if I let it get to me yeah, mentally I was I would have been struggling Yeah, and this article touches on that because what it says and I'll read the quote here a quarter of participants reported in this in the survey um, reported mild low mood as a result of playing fancy football that low mood included sadness anger frustration tiredness low self-esteem I mean, I felt all of those tonight when Bowen had scored <laughs> in the first few minutes um, when playing, researching or thinking about the game. However, this increased to 44% amongst high engagement players. That's you and me and probably everyone listening. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I think that that's something I realised when, you know, when, you're, when your nine-year-old goes above you, you've got to think, mm, I can't take this too seriously. I can't let that get to me, right? I've just got to take a few steps back. What did you think about the article and what the statements it was saying? Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing for me to see because it combines, you know, my psychology PhD background in research and FPL stuff, which, you know, there's, I think it's the first study published that's been looking at this kind of stuff. And I think it's, I mean, any, any research that is investigating mental health is so important. And we've talked about mental health before on the show and we know that Fantasy football forms a part of our identity, right? And maybe more for maybe more so for content creators like you and I, because if we're struggling, people come on, they see our ranks, they go, Oh, he's rubbish. Well, not you, you've got free pass to whatever you want. 
but <laughs> some, of us, know, some of us soon. have to do quite well. Mm. Um, so, you know, there, there, there is that, but the, the study itself is, is an excellent study. It's a really well run. It's similar to the ones that I used to do when I, when I was, when I was studying, um, you know, self-report questionnaires, there's some kind of question marks about the validity of, of those, but generally speaking, they're an easy to do, you know, did them online, got players in, you know, n- nice and simple. What annoys me though, is the headline doesn't map on to, no. to, to the, to the actual research and the claims that the authors make in the, in the paper. Um, so the key, the key word on, on the headline that you've got here is mild, low mood, right? So the, the headline is hardcore fantasy football fans are more likely to have worse mental health. Well, they, they do have, uh, you know, a slight, uh, well, it is classed as a significant drop in mental health, but it's a naught to four scale they're asking respondents to, right. to rate on. Um, and, you know, they're looking at things like anxieties. How often do you have anxious, I think it was how often have you had anxious feelings in the last two weeks? Um, and the general rating for people who don't play much fantasy or low, low engagement with FPL was 0.27. So we're talking right down the, the end of scale. Mm. Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's not at all, zero is not at all. So you're looking at, at basically not wow, at all. that is low, right? Really low. So for high time playing FPL, it rises to 0.55. So not a big increase. So we're still, we're still in the realms. But because mm. it's such a small number and it's doubled, that's mm. what causes the, the significant impact. And this was one of my problems I had with psychology in general and psychology, psychological research was that, um, there's going to be so many people that aren't interested in this whatsoever, but I'll, I'll carry on, was that you can make quite grandiose claims based on numbers like these, which I don't think map onto the real world. This isn't pathological levels of anxiety and depression no. and, and low mood. It's, it's a significant increase. It's, it's worth monitoring but it's not huge numbers. If you look at the effect sizes, which is the magnitude of the effect, these are all in the very small category of a significant effect. So I think the headlines I've seen have gone too far with it. I don't think you can make the claim that FPL, playing, investing more time in FPL leads to poor mental health. I think that's, that's going just too far. What we can take from it though, is that FPL has an impact on us. And the more yeah. we invest in it, the more we're impacted on it, but like we would be with any hobby. Well, I said that. I I I, point, I, I got involved in the, foolishly, I don't know why I did that. I got involved in the Twitter debate about it and I said, yeah, I, I think there's some stock in this, but I would argue that when I was a hardcore Forest fan, when I was a season ticket holder, when I followed Forest, I went to home games and I went to some away games. I used to spend money, travel the country. I used to be a season ticket holder under Platt and I was at my lowest most miserable as someone well, in, in, in everyday life at that time because the thing the club I loved was in turmoil and I could see a mm. slide in into mediocrity under a manager I didn't think had any idea what he was doing in terms of signing and so on. That caused me loads of anxiety, loads of, you know, my mental health then was affected hugely by <laughs> what my club was doing mm. because I was obsessively invested in that club. I, I I lived in London and travelled up to Nottingham as a season ticket holder and I went to away games. I spent money on it. I invested my time on it. You know, I didn't have relationships and friendships because I was doing that instead. Mm. Um, so that affected me, right? And so I pointed out on Twitter that, well, if you're invested as a football supporter, your club, you're not in control of what those players do on a Saturday or well, not on a Saturday these days, Sunday or Monday or whatever. Um, and 
So you're again surrendering control of your kind of investment and your emotional attachment to these individuals on the yeah. pitch, and they're going to let you down, right? Hmm. Um, I guess the difference is, as someone pointed out, with fancy football, you feel like you have more control than you've hmm. actually got. And that's a good point, isn't it? And we're to blame for that because we kind of do a show where we go, oh, no, you can get better. And, you know, content creators talk, you know, are there to try and help people. And perhaps we do promote the idea that we have more control on their outcome than we do. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it's, it is that, it's, it's, it's that which I think is the, you, you feel like you're making bad decisions. And we talk about bad decisions, right? And they are bad decisions, but only bad decisions because of the outcome that's happened between them. You know, and, and often you can make good decisions, have a bad outcome, still beat yourself up. And, you know, that classic thing of look at the outcome, not the decision, which Ross talks about a lot on, you know, on his psychology FPL videos and, you know, in the, in the mind game, I think it is really important just to remember. I think at the, at the period we're at now, it's, it's, you've got even less control. And I wonder what the kind of general mental health feeling is in the community at the, at the moment. Because well, I know... it's not good, is it? It's not good, yeah. it seems. Yeah, but it's... People know they haven't got control. There's one thing having a game week, feeling you're in control and then having a poor week. But now we kind of know we haven't got control and we have a poor game week. Is there a difference in how, it, in how weird, you're affected it? by it? It does seem even worse that this COVID situation has come in and it's blatantly obvious it's out of our control, but that mm. has made us feel worse almost. It's almost like... yeah. We didn't realise it was out of our control before. We didn't realise there was luck involved before. But now this COVID situation has confirmed it. It is all about luck. And, and it's not all about luck, right? Otherwise, you know, I built a website to try and promote the idea there was skill involved, right? So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's 95% luck. But the COVID situation has underlined the luck element of playing FBL, hasn't it? It's reinforced Yeah. It. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I I also think it's added in the frustration of not being able to do what we enjoy doing and what we like doing, which it, and FPL very much centers around mm. being able to strategize and make plans. Yeah. And so what COVID has done is taken that away from us and taken away one of our key bits of enjoyment from, for a lot of us, one of our main hobbies. And well, I think one that of, it, yeah, one of no, the, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's that, that, and I think that is is can also have a big impact on, on mental health as well because something you enjoy doing suddenly isn't the same game. That is true anymore. Yeah, that is true. You feel like the ball's being taken away from yeah. you, and you can't yeah. play anymore. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. Interesting what the article says as well. It says that players who've been playing for a long time, the reason why they've been playing a long time, this I would include us in this, is because they've developed coping mechanisms mm. to deal with it. And I think there's an element of truth in that. And I talked about earlier when, when Billy overtook me in the world rankings, I had to call on that to kind of go, oh, hold on a minute, I need to take a step back here. Now, if you, do you think if you'd started playing FBL maybe two or three seasons ago and you're now going through this COVID situation, maybe you had a, a third season without it, you did all right, and then you've gone into the last two seasons, it's been up and down because of this roller coaster with COVID. Do you think you would have been in a worse would you feel worse about things than if you'd been playing it for 10, 15 years like us? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. I think the, the, more, the more seasons you play and the more you've invested in it, I think the, the greater you, you feel it. I, I, I would say that's the case for, for, for myself. And that's one of the claims they make. Again, again it's mild anxiety, um, but I think it's one in five players generally have mild anxiety towards the game and high engagement players have, uh, it, it goes to one in three. 
So there's there's a but again we're talking mild we're talking like zero point numbers again. So but again again there is this indication that that we feel it. I think if I just come into the game, I would feel like I've got a free pass for a while to kind of do what I want, feel my way around, and you probably haven't got the the um, you know people kind of hounding you in the same way that you have. I think what you you have an expectation on you when you've played for a certain number of seasons that you're going to be a good player at it. Yeah. And you see in the community, you know, if people have got six seasons and every season they're like 500k, they're discredited. It's like, yeah, oh, that, well, you clearly don't know what you're we're doing. We're not helping that, right? Twitter's no. not helping that. Content creators aren't helping that. We are kind of, again, promoting this idea that you should be achieving and achieving is this. And, you know, I've probably said four or five things already tonight, which yeah. fits into that bracket, which is bad, perhaps. I mean, this is, have we got a part, have we got a role to play in this, this, this idea that people who play fantasy football have a worse mental health. Have we got to do more when we do our content aimed at when we think about that, right? We've got to be careful how we talk and what terminology we use. And when we're promoting top 10K finishes, do we need to be mindful of that? It's, it's, I, it's tough, isn't it, right? It is. I, I, think, I think one of the things I've always been proud of, of Scout to be associated with, yeah. and this, this isn't a hashtag ad, as I know this has all been going on off this morning, but like gen, like generally, I've, I've always been proud of the fact that Scout gives voices to lots of different people in the community, whether it's people with amazing finishes like Fabio, who does his brilliant pro pundit articles, or it lets, you know, good content creators with poor ranks and in North, um, you know, come on and, and do stuff. Uh, <laughs> He's going to hate us. you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> he was beat, no, but, he's beating you probably. He's beating you. So be careful. Anyway, go on. Oh yeah. But it's, it's that kind of inclusion, I think that's, that's, that's really important. And I, I do think there is a, there, there's definitely a status to having a, a, a good rank and, in in some ways, I get it because it's human nature to want to listen to people who you perceive to be as like good at the game. But you have to remember that lots of people get other in, other, other things from FPL that isn't just tied into rank. Like I would happily listen to two people who've got poor rank histories talk about yeah. their best stories with FPL. That's what I like. Yeah. I like the banter. I like the conversation. I like all all that kind of stuff. Because you can it. you connect to the experiences they're having. Exactly. You don't care what rank they are, or what's happened to them that week, or whatever. It's it's more the emotional tie in that they've got with the game. You can you can empathise with it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting subject. The article was really interesting, but I do argue, like I said, any, any hobby that you invest in, whether it be time, money, whatever, if you haven't got full control over that, I mean, this could be anything. You know, like if you're into golf and you go and play a round of golf and the weather's bad, you're going to come, you're going to feel anxious and mentally low because mm. my, my round was ruined by the weather. You know, there's a lot of hobbies that you have to invest in. And I think, if you're of an obsessive nature, and Christ, I really am, right? I can't. You. I kind of fit that <laughs> supremely. Whatever you're going to do, you're going to invest in it to the fullest. And then there's always opportunity to be disappointed and suffer anxiety. Mm. So I do think that, you know, it, fancy football is just one of many hobbies where you could feel that. Absolutely. And I, and I think, because I, I know people look at the chat and it was interesting because I, I, I went on um, BBC Essex the other day. and Ooh, I was talking I know, it's in my hometown. What's, that, what's going on there? Okay. I, they sent an email and said, have you seen this study? Do you want to come on it? So I thought I'd, I'd go on and, and, you know. You'll be playing and, left back for Chelsea next, this way. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy I was on had no idea about fantasy football whatsoever. Right. That's and, always great, isn't it, that? Yeah. And, and he just couldn't believe that people could feel, have, like it could ruin their day if they have a bad I know. day week. And I know that a lot of people would say, and there's people in the chat now saying, 
um, you know, if it's affecting you, then, you know, grow up, like get over it. It's, it's only a game. It's only this, but it is more than that to a lot of people. It's been a crutch for people during COVID. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, there's now jobs based off of it. Like yeah. you had, and I've got now, you know, there's people with, with patrons out there and, and you, you can say what you want, but there's, there's people who rely on, on it and yeah. also who get a lot from it in terms of the community that is so unique with, with FPL that I can't find another community quite like the FPL one. It's, it's amazing. It's awful at times. Totally, it's brilliant yeah. at times. It's got mm. everything going for it. And I think it's, it's very easy to say, just let it go, but it's not always easy to do that. No, I totally agree. Um, it's something that's going to go on and on. There'll be more studies as well, I'm sure. Um, and you know, do you like the headline there? My, someone should write a book about something like that and someone should really focus on it. But you know, someone will do that one day, won't they? Some, some young whippersnapper out there who, uh, do you see the out, outcry about him being just 24? Old Ross out there uh, this, this week. I mean, I can't believe he's 24. <laughs> no, I can't believe he's 24. <laughs> yeah, he's so, he's so obviously very intelligent man and the book, I, book doesn't I, read like a book from a 24-year-old who's, you know, that young and inexperienced in life. He, he's obviously got a very good handle on things. And that's what surprised me. I mean, the way he looks, just having met him and read his book, it's like, and he's, he's, crazy. he's wise beyond his... I mean, yeah, I, still, I still can't believe him at first, just slotting those balls into those He's holes. got a good left foot. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, I hope he's listening tonight anyway. And hopefully, um, yeah, we rambled on there about that. But it is interesting. And hopefully Ross is not the only one who got something from that discussion anyway. Let's go back to our teams, shall we? Um, and look at the situation we're in. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, uh, talk about mentally low. Um, oh, God. Right, um, let's bring up your team, first of all. Um, actually, should we do the predictions first? Yes, let's do the predictions first. Oh, that's let's, a bit more fun. Let's level it out, a bit more fun, yeah. Uh, we haven't got the latest from FBL Pot Noodle, um, but we'll have that next week. So we'll just go for our predictions for game week 22 uh, for <gasps> now. Uh, yeah, I know, I fancy oh, Palace. God. One thing about the FA Cup games, which we haven't talked about yet, Michael Elise, right? Michael Elise, and we've we've said before about our stats, right? Let's bring up our player stats, actually, while we're there. But any any excuse to bring up the player stats. Michael <laughs> Elise has been knocking around these for some time. Um, where is he? He's number 26 on this, right? Minutes per XGI on penalty, 181.5. He's been higher than that. I think if we look at the last six, he's probably even higher. Uh, where is he on here? Can we see him on here? No, I can't. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I'm sure he's there somewhere. But basically, Elise has been a name that has appeared in these tables quite often, right? He's been another Martinelli for a few seasons back, another Foden for a few seasons back. He's mm. been a player that we were like, when he gets starts, this player could be something special. In the FA Cup against Reading, against Millwall, sorry, he looked incredible, I thought, playing that wing role. I was away at the African Cup of Nations, Zaha's away, Elise given his chance. Surely only a matter of time before he starts for Palace in the league. Mm. I, I, he just looks fantastic. And and he's got to be a prospect for us, hasn't he, when he does? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, uh, I, I know, know it's Palace and you don't like to admit it. Can we, yeah, I mean, I would have said the same about Martinelli, but I mean, he hasn't played 90 minutes. No. I, I don't think he's played 90 minutes at all no, he for, hasn't. for Palace. How many starts has he had for Palace? Maybe one or two, not even that, I don't think, in the Premier League. So he hasn't yet been given that opportunity, but... It's there, isn't it? The raw talent's there. Oh, the, the raw talent is, is is not in question. It's just FPL comes down to consistency. And can he put in those kind of performances consistently? I, I don't know. Well, that's it. At the age he's 20 years old, so you wouldn't yeah. expect he could. But all I'm saying is, 
I think he's Palace, one to watch. Palace 100%. have got an outstanding player there. Mm. Um, and I think we could have an outstanding FBO asset there as well because he, he's going to be underpriced next season. And you've got to think next season could be his breakthrough year, right? I think it's only a matter of time before he gets into that team. And I think once he's in, consistency's why. That's the key. If he can find that, I think he's going to be great for us, right? Um, you know, a Palace player we can rely on rather than a Zaha, right? I think it's hard this season because of Gallagher's form. To yeah. think, you know, because Gallagher's been doing it all season. I know he's been he's been out for a while, but I can't see him dropping off enough for me to consider a lease. It's going to be it's going to be if I was ever going to be considering a Palace player, I can't see myself going. I, I think by the end of the season he might well have emerged, and yeah. then hopefully not enough where FBL price him too far up. But I think next season he's going to be. You know, this season every season we go in and think there's always like a five or six million player. Going, everyone's going to get him. Everyone's going to get him because he's going to be 5.5 or 6 million. At least he could be that player next season if he ends strongly. What I saw in that cup game was a player who's quite special um, and adjusting. Uh, he just needs the minutes now. And I think he will play against Brighton and I think he'll be the difference. And I think he's going to be your Martinelli, Mark. He's going to be your Martinelli. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, <laughs> that's, exactly. Um, your game one nil the other way, though. You fancy yourselves, do you? I don't know if this is more hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got a, a last minute equaliser against them early in the season, which was a, mm. which was a very good moment. Yeah. I think I've, I've been impressed with Brighton in, in the games that I've seen. You know, I, I didn't fancy them against Chelsea and they pulled off a, you know, a last minute goal in that game as well. Gen- generally been playing well and picking up points, which is, is good in, in the last few games particularly. And Palace have been a bit leaky which again is surprising given the numbers that they've they've put in. Yeah, I mean, I think the defensive numbers have dropped a bit. I, I, I still watch games and think they don't concede too many good chances. And I think Brighton need good chances to score. That's the thing. So I don't see many goals either way. I, I just think Palace have got the better cutting edge. Uh, I think defences will be on top, but I think... Well, you can, you can, I mean, you can say about any team playing us. That's true. Very, very true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think... I think I was just excited by them. Eze's back now. Gallagher's fit again and he looks sharp. Um, they've got Edouard and Benteke. One of them normally is playing well. They can chop and change and find the one that can do it. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, they're going to beat you, sadly. I'm going 1-0. Um, Man City-Chelsea. What have you got there? 2-1 Man City. I've gone 1-0. I think, I think this will be... I don't know how City will approach this. They don't need to win it. I don't think they'll go... I don't, I don't think they'll go all out attack. I think they'll be very mindful of being caught on the break. I think it'll be quite a a low key affair, to be honest. Um, so I've gone one all, but you see City just unstoppable, right? Well, you you made a very good point earlier about Chelsea's bench, which yeah. is frightening. <laughs> yeah. So they've clearly got a lot of players back, and yeah, they they should be. A, I think Kante was on the bench. He was. Was he? So Havertz, Alonso. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, well, I mean Kante just, just makes an absolutely huge off the chair. Magic Bean himself. Yeah. But I, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't just look past City at right. the moment against anyone. I, I just think they're going to, you know, they, they're just so powerful all, all across the pitch and there's no one in the league I, I would fancy to get a point off from at the moment. They're too strong. Okay. Uh, Burnley, Leicester, you've gone 2-1 to Leicester. I've gone a nil-nil here. A nil-nil? I have. I... Just 
I don't see where the goals are going to come from. If Daka is fit, maybe he could be the cutting edge for Leicester. But otherwise, what, they're going to play Barnes up front? They're going to play Perez, maybe? I mean, they're, they're reliant on Madison, which is why he's catching the eye with the double game week free hit. I understand that. Um, but, yeah. I'd, I'd, I think they could play Barnes or Lookman up front and create enough chances to, to get a couple of goals against Burnley. Yeah, Burnley are leaking chances, but I just think it's cutting edge. I'm going nil-nil. You've gone 2-1. Um, Newcastle, Watford, you've gone two one. Newcastle gone two all. Goals, right? We've got different, different in every game. We so have far. so far, yeah. Mm. Um, neither defence can't back either defence, can you? In this game, yeah, it's it's hard giving Newcastle a, a win given that Cambridge performance when they had a, a very strong team yeah. out. Yeah, but Watford are uh, not good. <laughs> I think there's probably goals in it. I think there's there's definitely goals for each side. It's just which one can can probably score the most in this mm. one. I hope it's a good game. I'm, mm. I'm going to go in probably with Dennis, I reckon. You're, you've got King. So, um, yeah, I hope there are goals in that. Norwich-Everton, we've agreed on this one. 1-0, one Everton. I mean, Norwich just can't score goals. Eight um, goals all season. Everton are obviously trying to... They've got players back. Right? They, they probably will end the season okay and they'll be fine. I don't think they're going to get near the top six finish, but I think they'll be okay and Rafa will survive get through and, and I think they will nick this 1-0 mm. um, maybe Calvert-Lewin will be playing fit and, and get a return for all those who invested in him for the double game week this, those guys probably deserve it of the luck they had with him uh, Wolves Southampton you've gone 1-0 I've gone 2-0 I don't want to back against Southampton I was really impressed with them last night but the Wolves defence looks so well drilled Southampton without they've got Broher they've got Ward Prowse Adams come back and scored don't know if it's enough to break down that Wolves defence, though. Yeah, Wolves is just 1-0. Whenever, whenever they're playing someone who I think they can beat, it's, it's just a 1-0. They're so, so good defensively. It's, it's unbelievable. And the performance against United, I mean, United were terrible. Don't get me wrong. Definitely, but Wolves yeah. were, were so good in that game. We saw the best of both sides. We saw the defensive side. We finally saw them clicking into gear attacking-wise as well. And they should have won by more. Yeah, I, I've, I've one player who's who's catching the eye for Wolves, Pedence, who mm. is a lovely little player, really playing well at the moment. It, it, you know, he's, I don't know, it, when he's on form, it really shows up. It's just the way he plays on the pitch. The, the amount of energy, he demands the ball, he's very sprightly, very, very busy, ex-lively effectively. And I think he could be the difference here because in the last few games, he's looked really sharp. Uh, Villa United, difference just, just quickly, here. Uh, massive for Wolves, though, they're getting Neto back soon. Oh, is that's he, going to is be. He in fitness? Well, yeah. that's quite exciting. Yeah, that really. I think is. he. It, it depends, obviously, how he comes back after his injury, but he could be someone that, that factors. I think that's why they're letting Troy go. I guess because um, mm. they do end up selling Troy because Neto got to be a starter. So yeah, he could be a factor again, couldn't he? For us, and Wolves. One uh, assist all season, Troy. Yeah, no goals. Uh, Villa, Man United. You've gone a Villa win. I've gone United to nick it. I don't know why I've gone United to nick it. <laughs> I really don't. I don't, I don't know. I just, it's Man United, isn't it? It's like, it's Ronaldo. It's like, I can't get used to the fact that United are dreadful, but they pretty much are at the moment and have been I, I, for a while. I mean, I, I I just saw Villa in that in that match against them. And like I said, I couldn't believe the quality of chances they had, how quickly they moved the ball. They've got a style identity. Gerard has come in. He's had such a massive impact. Complete opposite of Ranić. He's done nothing for uh, United so far. And if United go into that game playing like they did, they will lose, guaranteed. So 
it's a Villa Park. I, I just fancy him to, to to get the win there. Yeah, I can't question your logic. I don't know why I've gone two one United. I don't know what was going through my head at that point, but I guess difference of opinion would be good. We don't differ on this one. Liverpool three, Brentford nil. I've gone four nil. I mean, we don't give Brentford and poor Ethan Pennick much choice here, a much <laughs> chance here, rather. Um, what I saw against Southampton was a defence that was disjointed. It had Aya back, right? He was a good player. Um, I just don't know what it is. I mean, they just don't look as organised they were in early season and they're conceding chances. I mean, Southampton have never scored, I don't think they've scored more than two goals at home this season until that game. First time yeah. they scored four this season, I think. And it's against Brentford. So you've got to think, what a Liverpool, do? even without Mane and Salah, they, I think, will find a way of getting goals and I don't think you can argue with the, the result or the score lines there. West Ham leads. You've gone two one. I've gone three one. West Ham just find a way, don't they? Yeah, they're so good. They really are. I'd, I'd love for them to get um, get top four. I was a bit disappointed with uh, Big Sam. Chat to Big Sam on on behalf of fan team. I was hoping you weren't going to mention that, but yeah. Go oh on. really? Oh, we're talking to Big Sam. No. <laughs> are you jealous? No, no, not at all. Don't far from it. Um, but yeah, I was. You know, I know there's a lot of controversy about it but yeah well not really just the, the, the usual um, no but it was, it was fun but one of the questions they asked him was uh, who does he think is going to get top four and I was so sure he was going to say West Ham I thought he'd be really you know he's, he's a good friends with David Moyes I thought he'd you know he'd, he'd back him and he went for Spurs which I thought was very boring West Ham are in the top four now I'd love it if they stayed there issuing for a job maybe I don't know um, maybe Spurs <laughs> Arsenal uh, I've got one nil Spurs don't know why I just, I just think they'll find a way here. Arsenal disappointed me at Forest, mm. and the thing is, Arsenal away from home, in big games in, in particular, just lack a bit of a leader. Leader, they, you know, Smith Rowe gave them that. I don't think he's fit yet, and Smith Rowe's not experienced enough to lead that team. I just think that that could be an act again. I think it'll be a, a kind of low-profile game, not much goal-mouth action. I mean, Spurs are going to miss Son, Moore, and Kane. Well. I've heard tonight Moore played well, but Kane didn't really contribute too much. I haven't seen the game, but that's what I've picked up. Arsenal, so disappointing. I just think nil-nil and then Spurs get a lucky goal and they nick it. You've gone to all. You think goals are plenty. <laughs> Where are they going to come from? I really struggled over this one. Uh, I, uh, I'm i not even going to say my classic line of either team could win it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I did struggle. Spurs have been so poor. And Arsenal have been really good, but then were poor in the cup with a strong side. Spurs at home, I think, gives them. You know, I think if it if it was a, a at the Emirates, I'd, I'd back Arsenal because it's Spurs. Mm, yeah, I went for a draw. yeah. Arsenal away from home, are, I found wanting at times. Uh, you know that Liverpool game they lost. Was it four 0 and just disappeared for the second half? Um, a strange team away from home. Burnley Watford, we've both gone two one. I don't think we long, need to dwell on that too much. I think there's logic behind that. But that will put Burnley in trouble if that does ring true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think just Watford have got two more up front, more of a cutting edge. Um, and neither defence are convincing, but I think Watford will win it by the odd goal. Chelsea, Brighton, Chelsea, you've gone 2-1 to Chelsea. I've gone one all. Don't fancy him there? Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't fancy Brighton's chances in, in the last game. Obviously got the, the last minute equaliser. I just think given what I saw from Chelsea today, having all those players back, it's going to be a big ask, I think, for Brian to get something mm. from that game. And it's quite soon after the Palace game as well. There isn't a huge amount of, of rest time 
Yeah, for, that's true. For all of us. And yeah, I think I think Chelsea's squad will just win out in that. Lamptey against his former club, though. I'll have a point to prove. Lamptey v Alonso. Come on. Round um, two. It's a total mismatch. Total mismatch. Um, Leicester Spurs away win. We've both gone away win. Uh, by the, I've gone the by the one nil. I don't obviously don't back Leicester to score a single goal ever again. And you've gone the three one Spurs. Um, I went three one yeah, on, on that basis. You've got a you know you've got a fancy game for goals against Leicester again, right? Fifteen goals in eleven appearances against Leicester. Kane's got. I, I just I'm really worried about not having him. Yeah. In in these two games, I know he's off form and Spurs aren't that good, but I would be captaining Kane any day if I didn't if I could pick. And then Brentford Man United to round it off. I've gone three one United, and you've gone two one. And Brentford like Burnley are plummeting and in trouble. I think. So you've gone double Spurs clean sheet. I have, because I've got a Spurs defender. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I have, well, mate, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do well defensively. They're strong, right? I mean, do you want do you want me to bring out the data? Do you want me to do that? <laughs> there they yes. are, second <laughs> over the last four defensively. Only second to Arsenal. I mean, the you know, big chance, one big chance they've conceded in the last four games. Yeah, the fixtures have been good, but there's no question they've improved defensively, right? So it's on that basis, really. Um, but then you watch them against Chelsea, and you see like what what Sanchez is is doing. Uh, yeah, they've 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 got mistakes in them. But. Yeah, they have. Yeah, but they're playing Leicester, who don't have a recognised striker unless Dakar is fit, um, and they're playing. What's the Arsenal. first game? Arsenal, yeah, who were so disappointing. And it's a local derby and I, I just see that as being a really edgy affair rather than a free-flowing game with lots of goals. So, mm, Regular yeah. captain for you then. <laughs> if it turns out. Um, <laughs> let's talk about captains, shall we? Uh, the captain matrix, difficult to do this because there's going to be double game week fixtures dropping in. And I've put in game week 23 the possibility of Watkins being our captain Everton away, Burnley at home, right? That could be a strong possibility if if the speculation is is going to you know, manifest, it's going to come true. Um, otherwise, we'd be looking at Jota away at Palace or Trent away at Palace unless Salah's back for that, which I don't think can be the case. I think they've lost their opening game, but they are still expected to qualify. So I don't think there's a possibility Salah will be back. We have got other options in 23. Foden, Cancelo at Southampton, Martinelli at home to Burnley. And if you really want to, you could go Ronaldo at home to West Ham. Although, arguably, you might want to go Antonio away to Man United. Yeah, I know. Or Bowen away to Man United. So, you know, 23 could be interesting if the Villa double game it does drop in there. Then in 24, and then from that point on, you kind of need Salah. Because he's got Leicester at home in 24, Burnley away in 25. And in 26, he could have that double that we mentioned earlier in the show, which is, could be Norwich and Leeds, right? So, you, you know, we've got to make plans for Salah. Uh, for 24, right? What What are you thinking there? I guess we're seeing the Son injury is quite handy in that respect now, right? <sighs> I guess so. I mean, we're going to sell him, aren't we? It's just, are we going to see people selling him and spreading the funds around too much? You, you've got to have an you've got to have a an exit plan for for. So I guess, I guess Ronaldo is, yeah, you know, within that. But then Ronaldo's got Burnley in that 24 game. Yes. Yes. Not sure I want to be selling him. I mean, 20, We've already seen him get two goals against Burnley. 24, Salah's got Leicester, but if you look at the alternatives, the differentials in this table, you've got Kane, Southampton, Son versus Southampton, Son's back. Bowen at home to Watford. I mean, Bowen, you talk mm. about consistency. There are fewer better players this season than Bowen in terms of consistent returns. Obviously, Salah has won. 
I think if we look at the number of games that Bowen has returned in, he's probably right up there, I would have thought. Um, Jota at home to Leicester if you haven't got Salah. Yeah, and like you say, you can go Ronaldo or even Foden and Cancelo at home to Brentford. Lots of options in 24, right? So if you don't have a plan to get Salah back immediately, you've got a captain, probably, haven't you? It's going to be that one, isn't it, where he goes, I can, I can, get, I can make it one more week without well, this Salah. Is it. I can make it one it more is. week. You look at that and you think <laughs> you can, right? And then he goes into Burnley and Norwich and yeah. you've got Salah already planned. It's you've like, got, you've mm. got to have him. <laughs> I mean, Burnley away is normally a fixture clock rotates for and he normally rests players. He rests somebody in that game, one of the front three. I don't think it'd be Salah. It depends how many games he actually plays in, in Afghan, right? Um, when he comes back, what his recovery is like from that. Um, so that, that's something to look for because I've always looked for that Burnley away fixture because I've always looked and they've always gone of a Mane or Salah or Firmino benched. He's always done mm. that. So I'm expecting something like that in that game. Well, Salah had his one of two blanks against Burnley as well early in the season, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So anyway, that's it. the message there is we've got to make plans for Salah really quickly. But this week, it's all about double game weekers, of course. Um, you could go Jota at home to Brentford or even Trent at home to Brentford. But I think the smart money is going to be on either Kane or Ronaldo. Um, without diving into the data, what's your gut telling you on those two? If you had a, if you had chance to get either, which would you go with? What Kane or Ronaldo? Mm. Okay. Kane, would you? Kane, without without a second thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're obviously Ronaldo missed out as well in the cup. Was told to have a bit of muscle tightness, I think it was. Yeah, which is probably nothing, and I'm sure it'll be fine to to start. But again, it's just another. I just think Kane of those two games, two of the clubs he loves to score against the most. And Kane is very, you know, there's some, these record things, I don't always hold a lot of credence in, but Kane strikes me as the kind of player who knows that when he plays in a North London derby or when he plays against Leicester, I just think he, he will be someone who gets that extra lift. So, but that interview I saw of him when he had like 20 of his like own shirts like in his, in his room, he likes records, he likes being the kind he's of obsessive, focus. Yeah. He's obsessive. And and this kind of thing will feed into that, I think, these two games, which, you know, might be absolute nonsense. But I really, I really fancy him in these. The only thing that makes me lean towards Ronaldo slightly is the Brentford game. And I think that depends what kind of a game that is, how difficult will Brentford make that for United. Earlier in the season, you look at them against big teams, they made it difficult for all the big teams, but they still conceded chances. They had mm. that goal fest against Liverpool, of course. So I do think there's something in that Brentford game. What can Ronaldo get a Villa? Hmm. I don't know if there's much in that. I have backed United to win though. So I'm still with Ronaldo, I think, just because Kane is... Wow, has, over, has, your, over your yeah, favourite child. I know, because Kane has been so lethargic at times and I, I, I still haven't seen him snap out of it. He, he looked good when he came on in the FA Cup, actually. Mm. He looked sharp, but... I don't know. I don't know. I think I would probably trust Ronaldo more, even though I, you know, I would reluctantly captain Ronaldo this week. I think I think it is the sensible choice, even over Kane. But if I was free hitting, I would, in the spirit of the free hit, go with Kane. I think, mm. you know, but I'd see it as a bit of a gamble over. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Brentford game is is one of the nicest fixtures in the, in the double game week. So. Yeah. When you have two games like that, you almost kind of see the first game, um, you know, as as a bonus. So if he gets anything against Villa, yeah. like an assist. It's same with Bowen, right? Yeah. You, we, we we got something in that Palace game which we thought was 
you know, not the main game and you want a big thing from the Norwich game. I mean, yeah. and we got both. Whereas I think Kane's, you know, you'd expect it to be a bit more split out because they're, I mean, Leicester got a 1-0 against Le- uh, Liverpool yeah. only a few weeks ago. So they can, they can do it. Yeah. Um, for this season, for the opponent's data here, I paired the, the pairing, I put the pairings together um, and then summed up the data. Um, and if you look at Ronaldo's fixtures, Villa Brentford, over the season, those two defences pretty strong. You know, really only the Man City Brighton combination, um, which is faced by Chelsea, is more is tighter, if you like, in terms of the data than the Villa Brentford combination for Ronaldo over the season. But if you look at the last four matches that those two teams have faced, Villa and Brentford are slightly higher up. Um, only Newcastle Burnley is the better combination, which is the the one that Watford will face. So actually, using recent data, mainly skewed by Brentford's performances recently, the Villa Brentford pairing isn't that bad and it's actually better it's actually mm. better than Arsenal and Leicester Burnley and Spurs and obviously City and Brighton Newcastle and Burnley is the if you want your player to get your goals that's the pairing to go for but can we rely on King and Dennis would you look at them as a captaincy option captaining going against a premium option is it tough. shouldn't be though. We said that no. we shouldn't look at price, should we? I know, I know, and and we see with with the the thing is though, I can understand going against it with someone like Bowen, who's playing for like definitely a top six side, maybe even mm. a top four side coming in this season. But captaining a player right down at the bottom end of the table, I, I I'm not sure what if Watford lost both of those games, I wouldn't be to nil. I wouldn't be that surprised. Right. You know, I, I, I'm expecting them to beat Burnley, but also if Burnley got a one nil, I'd be like, well, yeah, they're. I think, yeah, we talk about game weeks where you can seek a differential and try and get a rank hike. And I actually think this double game week could be one of them because I don't think I'm totally convinced about Kane and Ronaldo at all. And if I felt brave, if the wind was in a certain direction, I might go my Watford attacker because I do think King and, I think King and Dennis will get a return out of, at least one return out of these two games. And they could easily get more. And Ronaldo and Kane, the names are prestigious. And we should, mm. we, you know, almost when you mention them, you think, well, why would you bet against those two? But actually, when you look at the reality recently, they're, they're really flattering to deceive. So I think there is opportunity here if you, if you can be brave enough to go with a Watford attacker. But I don't think I will. Well, I think with Leicester as well, I think if you could tell me that both those games for Leicester will be on, I would seriously consider Madison. Would you? Yeah, I would. Because I'm... I'm United, the Brent, it would be scary going into that Brentford game not having Ronaldo captain, but also United could not turn up to that. Whereas that Burnley game mm. is is the best, I think, of of all of all the fixtures. And Leicester are a half decent side. Yeah, yeah, okay. It depends on fitness of Madison as well. That's the other thing. Hmm. He played play the club. Yeah, he's back and he should play both games, but he can break down and there. They're going to have to rely on him a lot, right? He's not going to get a re- he's not going to get taken off after an hour in one of the games to be preserved for the next one. He's probably going to have to play the ninety in both, right? So I was surprised I with how much he played over over the Christmas mm. period. I mean, yeah. they kind of had to play him didn't they? Anywhere else, but yeah, they did. Mm. Okay, let's look at our teams then and decide what we're going to do. This is your team as it stands now, right? This is with the Son oh. injury. You've got flags everywhere. It's lit up like a Christmas tree, as they said in the scout cast. Yeah. Today. Uh, so you've got flags on Trent, Son, Ronaldo, Livermento, and Foden. Do you want to, for the podcast listeners, 
talk through the team. Yeah. I've got uh, De Gea in goal, which is fine. Trent, who's back in training, um, has been confirmed. So it looks like he's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, Cancelo as Pinnock, who I don't want to play, but he's there. Uh, then Marcinelli, Son, Bowen, Jota, Ronaldo's my captain, Antonio and King, and then Ramsdale, Johnson, Livermento and Foden. So I have Pinnock, Johnson and Livermento uh, as as my three defenders at the moment, which is ridiculous. So I've got to get rid of one of them. And and I, I, it's, it's between Royale and, and Lamptey who, who I'm going to bring in. Mm. I'm leaning towards Lamptey, but the blank, the fact I'm going to have to play this guy for a little while means that I'm, I might switch it to, to Royale, which, and also there's a bit of a question mark over Lamptey. Will he play both games with, with four days, seeing as he's still being managed? So maybe, maybe Royale is, is the better pick, but I don't know. I, I'm not as confident with the Spurs defence as, as you are. So this could be what you have, right? That's what you're thinking. Either going to be Lamptey yeah. in there with the two fixtures. Yeah. Definitely going to be Madison. If if the game looks like it's going to be going ahead before the deadline, then I'll then I'll go for Madison. If there's still some doubts around it, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I will probably just play Marcinelli and and just do just get Lamptey in and, and keep Son and, and deal with it later because there's there's no one I want. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean maybe Fernandez could be an option and a placeholder for Salah, but. Can I afford Son to... I had a look at it. I can't afford... I mean, I, I had a look at Fernandes in the free hit team and I struggled to put it together. I couldn't do it. Not if I, I want Ronaldo and Kane. I can. I can. So I could do Son to Fernandes, which I guess I would do if there's any doubts about the Leicester match. That's what you do. Would you go Bruno? Right? I mean, I guess so, but it's, it's, it's reluctant. Mm. <laughs> it's very, very reluctant. Mm. It's just an absence of other options that, that I consider. If that Leicester game is in doubt... I'm not going Mora. Who else is there? Let's bring up the free hit team because you're not going to do this, I take it. But if you were, this is what you would go with if you want to go through that again for yep. the podcast. So De Gea in goal, Trent, Lamptey and Alonso, uh, Madison, Mount, Bowen, Jota, Ronaldo, Kane captain uh, and Dennis. And then a pinch of Sanchez, Emerson, Lookman and Johnson just because I've got loads of money in the bank and I, I don't really know what, what to mm. do with it. But I think that's maybe as as kind of strong as it gets. I mean, you could you could look to in, in, you know up one of Mount or Madison maybe to Fernandez, but I'm really not feeling that Fernandez move. I think that's just so you're just trying to strike lucky, just hope that he just hits something. And but there's there's been no evidence yeah. that he's he's back. I I get I, I I agree with that, but I think that's what you can do with the free hit. Like the free hit is about one. One week wonders, right? I know it's two games, but one mm. game week wonders, right? So you can go for that player that others will scoff at and go, because <laughs> there's no doubt that obviously in any given game week, a player can return for you and Bruno's pedigree is outstanding, right? So he could be fantastic, right? You could have, you could just hit that game week where he gets a double figure return. But yeah, I get it. I get, I get the reaction to it. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky because like someone like Mount, for example, isn't some is under normal circumstances. I'd say without the free hit, you'd, you'd pick Mount over Fernandez every day. But then, like I said, he's got the Tottenham and then two blanks, yeah. so he's not a long term hold either. There's few, there's no players who I want for like quite a prolonged no period. So maybe Fernandez is the best. Of and, the and this is what you got to do if you're not going to use the free hit with your transfers. You've got to look at game week twenty three, haven't you? Got to. You've got to look at what it means yeah. to own that player. And if you go Mount, they've got two blanks, right? Yep. And the same Arsenal player. So 
I mean, one thing about Madison, I think he comes out of it with Brighton, doesn't he, in 23, which isn't bad. So, you know, if you make that move, you've got you've got a player with a fairly good fixture to follow. So, I mean, that's what that's what it's about, right? You, with the free hit, you can go with someone like Bruno because they're going to be gone the next week. Um, so you're not going to free hit them? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think this team is is that is that good. <laughs> the, the only player in this team that I, I would maybe consider doing it for would be the Kane captaincy. Kane captain. Um, but I think Spurs have not impressed me enough over the last couple of weeks to make me think he's essential. And Son being out, don't forget, does massively impact Kane because of the partnership they've got. Mm, yep. Well, this is what I've got at the moment. Um, I would go Gaeta, Alonso, Trent, Cancelo, Reguilón, Martinelli, Son, Bowen, Jota, Ronaldo, Antonio, and I'd have a bench of Diop, Gundogan, and, and Broha. I don't have think you, I, you've still got Gundogan. Yeah, I don't think Gundogan <laughs> will start. If I if I if I knew if there was a good chance Gundogan would start, I'd probably play him over Martinelli. Maybe um, Son. I've obviously got to get rid of, um, and I probably want to take a hit for another double game week player. Um, do I want a free hit this team? That's the question. If if I know for sure Reguilón is out, it then becomes tempting, I think. Um, I'll show you what I what I put together with the free hit. Um, that would be De Gea, Trent, Alonso, Royale over Reguilón for the certainty of start. Mm. Trossard, Mora, Madison, Jota, Ronaldo, Kane, Dennis. Similar to yours, 3-4-3. I think we'll see 3-4-3 across the board with the free hit. Maybe that's not right, but I think that'll be the most popular. And... You know, I've gone Trossard in midfield. It, it could be one of you went Mount. I am a big fan of Mora. Um, I, I, unlike you, I mean, I, I'm obviously led a lot by data. I'm analytics FC perhaps more than the grass <laughs> FC. Um, and if we look at the player data over the last six, last six games, Mora's right at the top, 99.5 XGI on penalty, uh, minutes per non-penalty, XGI non-penalty. Sorry, I struggle with that every week. He is top for that, right? So he's been outstanding recently under Conte. So I, I look at that and think there's got to be something in it. I think he played well tonight as well. So for me, in the free hit, more would come in. And if I wasn't free hitting, which I probably won't, this is what I do. I take a minus four, um, and um, that's not my team. That's your team. Sorry, I wonder where here it is. I'll take a <laughs> minus four, and it will be more in for Son. And Dennis in for Broher. And Broher's a bad, you know, I don't really want to sell Broher. I want him back. He's probably going to be the move I'd sell one out of the Broher and then go back to Salo in midfield with that money. So Broher will come back, but I think it makes sense to get rid of Broher because he's got Wolves away in 23. Then he's, I think, then he's got home to City, I think. So mm. the fixture, well, he's got Wolves away in 22 and then he's got home to City. So he's got two fixtures that I don't want to play him. So it makes sense to do a short term move to Dennis. And then Mora in for Son. Yeah, I just, I'm on board with Mora. I, I think the data shows that he's, he's showing up. He's producing his best numbers ever in a Spurs shirt. Arsenal, Leicester, I don't know if there's goals in that game. He played up front in a two tonight. I think he plays both games. That's enough for me. I think that's worth, worth the pump. Mm. You're, you're not a fan then? We're ignoring I mean, the data. The, I mean, the, the, the pros are that, you know, there's, there's been some concerns around his minute, especially if they go to a you know, two up top or whether they play the three. And he's, he's almost certainly going to play now because he's going to kind of replace Son. He played up top in the, in the cup game as well. So you might have that kind of out of position. Yeah. I think the stats are good. He got 17 points against Palace. I just, uh, I, I just don't like him FPL wise. And 
he he is a he is a Conte type player. Like he's a workhorse, works really hard. I think he's he's going to be a bit of a favourite under Conte, especially going forward. But he got he's got like what two goals in how many starts? One, two, three, four, five, six. Two goals in six starts. Two and then two and then no goals and times he's come off the bench. And Spurs aren't that good, and they've just lost their best player. Mm. No, I, I totally get it. I, I'm just going with the data, going with the fact that Mora will be my place. So, I mean, Salah will come in for Mora, right? So, in yeah, I won't keep him beyond this double game. I might keep him into 23 if I've got other things I want to do. But I want to get Foden back in, right? So, Foden, Gundogan to Foden might be the transfer, or it could be Mora mm. to Foden, right? And I have two City players if I think Gundogan's going to start because um, they're at Southampton, right? So, Moore is not sticking around. He's not a long-term in. This is purely for this double game week. I'm spending four points on him, but I think I can get, obviously, hope to get two of them back because he'll play both games, and I hope there's an attacking return there. It's a bit risky, but I'm I'm willing to take it on the basis that the data's outstanding, and he's looked good when he's on the pit. He looked good against Morecambe, you know, in the minutes he had, and I think he was good so, tonight. Sorry. There we go. Look, look good against Morecambe. Look good against Morecambe. Yeah. yeah. Eric I mean, I... I, I like I like the idea of playing Martinelli and keeping the, yeah, the four points. Yeah, I know, but Martinelli, I mean, has he got out of Jed Spence's pocket yet? I'm not sure he has. Um, <laughs> Once you're yeah. in there, you never get out. He's got deep pockets. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know, I know, that's a tight call, but I, I just like more. I, do, I really like, I, like I, I think it's any excuse to get him in, really. I don't know if it's a good decision. I'm going with it on the basis of data. So I think this is what I'll do. But Reggion's the, the pivot, right? If Reggion's not going to turn up, I'm almost on that tipping point to the free hit. Almost. Yeah. What would you do in my shoes? Because the other one as well is your goalkeeper, right? Yeah. As well. Because I haven't got De Gea. Uh, got no, yeah, no, 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 um, De Gea or Lloris. If Regulon is a problem, I mean, you could take another minus four and get in Emerson. Worth it. Yeah, but then if Regulon turns up for one of the games. If, if if we get any news that Regulon's out, I would mm. play Martinelli, take a minus four, and, and do Dennis and Emerson in for Regulon, and, and not not bother with Mora. Mm. I would. I, I I don't think I'd free hit. I, I just don't think this this is the week to free hit. I just can't see enough. When you say Emerson, you mean upside. Royale, basically. Yeah. Right. Okay. Not the not the Chelsea defender who's not coming back. <laughs> <He's available>. But <laughs> right. well, is he, he? Some some people call him Emerson. Some could be Royale. He's no, Emerson Royale. on them. I, I, you put him as Emerson on, and I put him as Emerson on the graphic. I thought, what was he talking about, Emerson? I did email him, and, and you yeah. know, well, he's he's Emerson he's Royale, Royale on the field. He's Emerson surely. Royale on the field. In commentary, they referred to him as Royale. What are you doing here? But anyway, it's fine. I'll let you have it. Maybe I was on first name terms with him. Maybe that's it. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought, what's he doing? Why, why is the ex Chelsea player on his team? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's such a difficult one. I, I hopefully we'll hear something. Right, hopefully we'll hear something on Reggie on and and and. I'll stick with this. I, d- I don't know if it's worth playing because the, the free hit we talked about it. Twenty-seven, we I might need it. Probably will because I want Salah back for twenty-six. I'll take three Liverpool and probably two Arsenal into twenty-seven. Mm. That's five players out. How am I going to fill the team? I'm not going to sell any of those players. I'm not going to sell Ramsdale. I'm not going to want to sell Martinelli and my three Liverpool players unless I sell Jota, who might be at risk at that point, maybe. But I think a free hit would be handy for that, particularly if there's doubles in that week as well, which there could be. Apparently, so never basically don't rule out a double in any game week at the moment. So yeah, I think I want to keep it. I mean, the the free hit will essentially be used for De Gea, who I wouldn't be surprised if he concedes in both games. Yeah, Emerson Royale, who you've said isn't that good anyway. Trossard, who's got like three attacking returns in all season, 
uh, into video games and, and more. Kane. And Kane. Getting Kane's a big one. Is it worth, that's the question. But is it's it worth Kane in for Antonio. For Antonio could do it against Leeds, yeah. couldn't he? I don't, I don't think, I think Kane is the best captaincy option, but I don't think he's worth a free hit. So that's why I'm not going to do it. Okay. Personally. Well, it will go to the wire for me. I'll wait to see if Conte said anything tonight about Reggie and whether we get anything in the embargoed stuff. Uh, and then I'll obviously tweet out on Friday because Friday is the deadline, right? Um, what's it the time? Is, is it is it a 6.30 deadline? 6.30. 6.30 ahead of the Brighton's defeat to, to Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> we haven't got the leagues updated, but we have got uh, info on Green Arrow. Let's push this again. You got a red over this week, though, so you're not contributing. I know you did. You did probably get a green. What am I saying? Did I? I haven't checked. Uh, we haven't checked our ranks because let's do this while we're live on air. Because um, let's see what. I we don't were... think they've updated yet. Oh, uh, have, okay. they? have they? What's Ragabolly saying for you? Let's have a look. I think you yeah, must have got a green with the Bowen second goal. Surely you were red so. before that went in, and I was gloating. But yeah, I am. Um... No, I'm on a red. Are you? I'm on a red. I don't know what yeah. I shouldn't look so chuffed. Are oh, you? Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, nine nine thousand seven hundred to eleven thousand. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, so no no contribution from you this week, but don't worry, I've kept it up with my <laughs> as long as one of us. My, as as my of fourth us. green arrow in five weeks. I'm back, guys. I'm officially back. <laughs> Seventy five points. Still miles behind you. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But yeah, anyway, talk about the FBL challenge. Yeah. So this is what Mark and I do each week. Uh, a lot of you probably familiar with it by now. Hopefully, some of you have got involved in it too. Uh, it's we donate uh, a fiver each every time we get a, uh, one of us gets a green arrow and yeah nothing if, if we get a red but it's to encourage and incentivize us to to do well um you can donate as little as 65p though and all the money goes to charity to feed starving people across the world have a look in the description for the link please do and then it's just a smash and likes right as we've had 1600 people watching live at the moment thank you very much for your support there you know what to do loas Absolutely. Hit the like button, 263. It's always been my dream to get a thousand likes, um, you know, midstream, which I think... Was, I think that's impossible, isn't it? Unless you're handy. I don't know. I mean, one day, you know, we could have a couple of thousand people watching. Maybe we'd done it when um, Torres scored that goal and the match of the day. That oh, was yeah. our best chance. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that again. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you can um, hit the like button, uh, I know all the streamers and everything says it, but it, it does help a lot. They all say it. Getting more viewers and, and everything. Um, and subscribe to the channel. So Absolutely. Get notifications when we go live. Yep. Uh, and thanks for watching and listening. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll try and get this out as quickly as possible ahead of the deadline. Um, and then we'll, well, I guess we're back next week to pick the bones out of the double game week while it's in progress again, as right. Oh, yeah. So what would that be? So that'd be Wednesday next week. So are there any games What's on? The game yeah, there gone? are games on. We could do a bit of a watch along. It's we Leicester could. Spurs and Brentford United. All right. We'll think about that. Maybe do it. They're a both on BT Sport special. as well. So oh, we could okay. watch one each, even maybe. Okay. Let's see what we can rustle up for that. Um, but we'll be back next week, hopefully in good spirits um, and not struggling with our mental health and uh, hopefully recovered from uh, a, a good game week. Another green arrow for us. Let's see. Um, that's all from me then. It's a good night for me. Good night, Ron. Podcast Network.